Welcome to the Summer Run Home podcast. It was Boza and Missile this afternoon. It was a huge show for both of us. We spoke about the APL and the problems with current administration here in Australia. Boza filled us in and gave us a look behind the curtains of the 1999 Manchester United World Conquerors. Record 18 points clear on the top of the APL. We spoke to John and Beave across the ditch from SENZ. Yeah, they were uh, good. They were really good. Uh, Ian Healy joined us, chairman of the Brisbane Heat, which was... He's excellent as well. I've known him for a long time, but I just hope they lose. <laughs> it was, his opinions were a little bit subjective on tonight's game. Uh, and we also spoke to Brett Phillips for an update of all things Australian Open. BP was good. It was good to hear his take as well on you and I's sort of thoughts about perhaps having the Australian Open a little bit later. Join the conversation. Call 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Welcome to the Summer Run Home. Welcome to the Summer Run Home. It's Wednesday the 24th of January. I'm your host today, James Magnuson. Good afternoon, Sydney, Brisbane, Gold Coast, listeners across the SEN network. Let us know where you're listening from around the world. Shout out to the Run Home podcast, those listeners on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, joining me today, we heard a lot of stories about this man yesterday, and he's here to debunk some of those today. <laughs> 17 caps for the Socceroos, two-time oh, League Cup winner with Aston Villa, Premier League winner. World Club Championship Mark as well. Bosnich. First British team ever, Palmeiras, 90-99. James. The Missile Magnuson, right, how are you? Two questions, Bozza. Yeah, what? Firstly, are you really a slow driver? Yeah, massively okay. so. I've got, a, I've got a great story for that as well. I just want to say hello to Brooksy as well. Good to see you, mate. Yeah. Hello, <laughs> Marky as well. Hey, guys. And both of you, please give us your Instagram handles. I'm about to put something up. <laughs> um, and great to see you, mate. How's the gym and everything? You look really well and you yeah, sounded really well buzzer. yesterday. Really, great. really good. Um, uh, right. Okay. Slow driver. Mm. Um, first year at Stan Channel 9, we had to go first to the, uh, a sort of a Stan little do. Then we all went off uh, from Coogee to just across the bridge, Brooksy and Mark. Um, to like where everyone was then for the Channel 9 and stand all together. Yeah. Christmas do. Yeah. And Craig Foster and Max Rushton are in the car, right? And I was driving, like Robbie said, like I normally do. <laughs> Safety first, my friends. Yeah. Oh, I take yeah. my time. I enjoy <laughs> myself. Right? So, you know, we're going, you know, as you come down the Cable Expressway, you know, yep. the harbour. So I went to the tunnel all the way around. And Max Rushton's at the back. He's just turning going... <laughs> Boss, for somebody who talks so much and so quickly, you drive very slow. <laughs> All of a sudden, Fozzie's gone, oh, I didn't want to say anything. But didn't. He goes, somebody overtook us on the bloody roundabout. I was like, oh, okay, okay. I go, buddy, my job is to get you two to that place safely. Yeah. I don't make no okay. excuses whatsoever. Yeah. That's fair yeah, enough. So there you go. The so he's right, story, he's right about that. The second story I wanted to ask you about. So we heard this yeah. story from Robbie Slater's uh, perspective. So basically, you potentially helped him out a bit. He was looking at coming to Aston Villa. Potentially. <laughs> Let's listen to the audio of this. I heard it. I heard it. <laughs> because I disappeared. I was supposed to sign for Aston Villa. Yeah. And apparently Ron Atkinson, about a week later, or no, it was two weeks later, the whole Villa team were invited to um, Ronnie Atkinson, the manager's house, for a barbecue to watch the charity shield. Oh. And and all the players were going, <laughs> where's your mate Slater? You know, they'd been saying for, you know, you're supposed to sign and Ron Atkinson had actually... Asked Boz, he said, well, where's and Boss, I don't know. I don't know where he is. And apparently, so Wembley, the charity still is a big deal. It's 100,000 yeah. people. Yeah. The Queen's there. I think it was Philip, Prince Philip we met along the line. Anyway, the camera's going along the lines. <laughs> and apparently the camera, and there's me, he's in the Blackburn lineup. 
And from that day on, Ron Atkinson, the manager of Villa, said, never trust an Aussie. They're, they're all lies. And, and he blamed Bozza for it. Well, pretty much he's put a sanitised version. But let me say, <laughs> let me say, it was all, I would say, pretty much on the mark. It's just a few like minor details. It was a physiotherapist, Jim Walker, a great physiotherapist, used to be a player as well, actually played under the great, late, great Brian Clough at Derby when they won the old first division yep. and got to the European Cup, which was then called the European Cup Champions League semifinals. Right. And he used to always just wind me up with never trust an Aussie and all yeah, that. You know, yeah, like, yeah. Just to wind me up. They used to love winding the bozo up, yeah? Yeah, because as, 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 much, you know, as much as I'm Australian, I've still got a little bit of that Croatian temper background. They know that. So they're just trying to push a little bit, right? I try to, I try to fight with that and just say, stay cool and calm, yeah? And they just let it go, Brooksy, for a little bit. You know what I mean? Just get that temper out. Anyway, so this Kahuni, yeah, Robbie, yeah, who I love, but he, 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 I'm going to call him Kahuni because, you know, we're like we, me, him, and Arnie known each other for like 30 years more, but we have four laps left, right, and center. Rings me up. We're going to Plymouth to an army camp. Right? An army place down yep. in Plymouth. Yeah, that's another story for you. And he goes, I'm coming. I go, okay, brilliant. What are you signing for us? He goes, well, yeah. He goes, but, you know, put a good word in for the boy. I said, I will. I, I, I will. And you know what? He, I, and you talk about fitness, mate. Yeah. His nickname there at the beginning at the camp was, they called him fitness with a head. That's what they used to call him, fitness with a head. <laughs> he, like, he was, he was phenomenal. Like, Dean Saunders, they were coming to me and going, my God, he's phenomenal. Like, you know, like fitness and all that, like an unbelievable athlete. And um, and he said, you know, he, obviously he said, put a good word. So of course I will, Rob. I, I, you know, mm. I know you. I, you know, you've been brilliant where you've been in Lons. I know you. So anyway, come that week of the the charity shield is the not the opening weekend of the Premier League season. It's the week before. It's the it's the previous season's league winners versus the previous season's FA Cup winners. If gotcha. that team is the same, which it, which it was, Manchester United won both. Then the then the FA Football Association of England can invite who they want. So they invited the team that comes second, Blackburn, to play. Anyway, Friday comes, right? Friday comes at training, and we have training. I don't know if Robbie was actually there for. I don't. I, I don't think he was. Just before training, Ron Atkinson's called me in his office. He goes, "We're going to offer your mate a contract to stay." You know, what's he on at Lons? I said, "I don't know, boss. He's on a lot." I said, "You know, mm. because that back then the Premier League was just getting going, and the European leagues were relatively quite close." And he goes, "Well, how much?" I said, "I don't know. I don't like asking people how much they're on." He goes, "We'll just try to find out something." But we you know we love him. We want him here. And we're not going to break the bank, but, you know, we're going to show, you know, well, I said, okay, no worries. Anyway, went out for training that day, um, started, you know, had training. Robbie wasn't there. Ringing him afterwards, ringing him, ringing him, ringing him. <laughs> Guess eight o'clock at night, I, got, I can see Ron, like, you call him boss or gaffer, you know. Yeah. Boss, I, what? He goes, where's your mate? I said, I don't know. He goes, yes, you do. I said, I don't. I said, Gaffer, he goes, are you two playing games? You want... Listen, I know I said I wouldn't break the bank, right? But I'll give him what he wants. But stop playing games with me. And I know you are. I said, oh, boss, I'm not. He said, don't give me don't give me all that. So Jim Walker always says never trust it. I said, I'm tell... I haven't heard from him. <laughs> ringing, ringing, nothing. Saturday, ringing, ringing, training. And Ron Atkinson used to come out after. He used to. He used to hire someone just to warm up the players so he could come out then with a cup of tea in his hand and play, right? If you were, and I'm doing warm-up exercise and all that. So he'd come past with a goalkeeper. So the goalkeeper's trained separate, right? Mm. MSI, so we're yeah, trained yeah, separately, yeah. right? All right, all right. Boz, you know, it's to call me Bozzy over there. Right? Yeah, what? Stop messing around. Where's your mate? I said, I don't know. He goes, listen, 
If you are playing games and I find out that you're lying, you're finished here. And this is the season, like after I play <laughs> of the season, we won the League Cup the season before. We did finish around mid-table, but we won the League Cup. That so was he's a... not layering up. He's serious. No. And I said, I don't know. He goes, all right, you know the score. You know the consequences. There's a good lad. That's what he's saying. I'm like, okay, whatever. Anyway, nothing, nothing. Anyway, we go to his place. He invites the fr- uh, families. If you want to bring your girlfriend, you could have. Or if you want to come single, like, say, me and, and Yorkie and, and the younger boys did. For a barbecue at his house, massive mansion he had in Worcestershire, and they were all joking with me. And then he must have told some of the senior players, and that some of the senior players were coming up to me like they do. They're like agent provocateurs, yeah, saying, mm. "Boz, tell us, tell us." I, I know you know. I said, like, "I don't." <laughs> like I was saying to people like Ray Houghton, Dean Saunders, you know, people like say, "I don't." Yeah. All right, whatever. Anyway, so we, we we sat down, we had dinner, and this, that, and the other, and. You know, back then it was a little bit different in terms of, you know, with wives and girlfriends. So Ron got his wife to take all the girls out of the, he, he'd done a whole tarpaulin, like, you know, and he's got this massive screen. So we're going to sit down with all the boys, have a few drinks and watch the charity shield. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking and all that. And all of a sudden, this is, honestly, it was ironic. Literally before the charity shield was about to start, he's going, last chance for your boss. I reckon he must have known, right? Yeah. Where is your mate Slater? And I said, I don't know. And he said, fair enough. But if you answer me like that again, you'll be fined two weeks wages and I'll send you back to uh, Bondi and you can surf. How's that? I was all right. Anyway, so he's just, uh, I reckon he must have known by then, Brooksy, right? So he goes, anyway, let's watch the game, everyone, right? So we're going quiet and they're playing the national anthems and it's going, you know, along the teams, you know, the face. As it's going along the team, next minute you see Robbie's face. <laughs> and everyone's just, they were chucking food at me and everything. Going, oh, by that time I was going, whatever, whatever. I said, whatever, okay, whatever. Yeah? And Jim Walker, like a, you know, the physiotherapist, lovely man. You know, he just waited for that great timing he had, Mark. Yeah, just waited for that quiet moment. And he just said, you know, that's what I told you. Never trust the Aussies. <laughs> but you know what? To be fair to Robbie, great choice because they won the league that year. Mm. The most, one of the most exciting, with the exception of the Aguero. Remember Aguero scored for Manchester City? Yeah. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, Aguero. That I mean, that gives yeah, me tingles yeah. even now. But that, before that, so the Aguero one was 2012, I think. So 1994, 95, that 1995, that last day was we played the games all at the same time. Yep. So if somebody can't say, oh, you, you know, this or that. There's no sort of question about integrity. All the games kick off at the same time mm. and you watch it. And it was amazing because all Blackburn needed was a draw and Man United need to win and hope no, and hope that Blackburn, I think hope that Blackburn lost, lost or, or yeah. no, lost or drew actually. No, Blackburn needed to match Man United's result basically. That's all. Uh, pretty much. No, if Blackburn. They were two points up. Yeah. If Blackburn, sorry, if Blackburn lost, which they did. Yeah. Right. They had to hope that Man United only Didn't drew. Win. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what it was. If if Blackburn drew, so I think Man United had a better, a better goal difference. And Man United mm. won. Gone. Yeah. Yeah? But it was ironic because, you know, like, unbelievable that Kenny Dalglish is their manager of Blackburn. He's going back to a place where he's an absolute legend. So everyone was thinking, oh, Liverpool going to let Liverpool beat Blackburn 2-1. Mm. Yeah, but Man United somehow. And the thing was, the Blackburn game was sort of, I think that had finished first. And we were watching and they were getting chance after chance. And he was my teammate in the future. And he's a lovely goal. He's a great goal scorer, Andy Cole. But he, he did. He missed about three or four. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I came back to Man United, because Yorkie got real close to him. And I said, how is he? And all that, you know? He said, he's good. But he said, don't mention that, that day against West Ham. Is it surprising to you, Bozza, that uh, Australian sport haven't cottoned on to that last? I know we have finals. And the yeah. Premier League is very much first past the post. Yeah. 
but the Australian sport hasn't cottoned on to the final round of the regular season to do something similar where they have a bit yeah, of flexibility. A yeah, little bit. Because I've seen it. There, there was one time when the A-League was actually going okay. It was about seven or eight years ago. And there were a couple of teams playing off for it, right? And we actually suggested kicking off all the games at the same time. But for some reason, it didn't quite get. But there was games going on actually at the same, on a Saturday night. I think it was Melbourne Victory Brisbane when John Aloisi was in charge of Brisbane around that time. Right. That was good because we were, you know, we we're sort of saying, well, they have to win you know, this, that, and the mm. other. But I think the final series have just sort of rubbed a lot of that out. But I, I think it would be a great idea. Uh, I'd love to get a TV executive on or, you know, someone like Murray Shaw who knows about the ratings, you know. And, I mean, you, you'll know about that, who said, I remember they used to say, we don't like to split the ratings. I, like, I don't know, something like that, you know, something like that. But I just think it would be great for all the codes, really. But I think you would say with Rugby League and AFL, you'd be saying, well, why do I want to watch, no disrespect the teams, I'm just picking them out. So if anyone's listening. Dragons. I don't know, Essendon, <laughs> Essendon <laughs> versus, soon. yeah, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do them two Melbourne teams, so I won't get in trouble, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Essendon, St Kilda, if mm. I can't even get any yep. eight. Yep. So yep. fair enough. But maybe the ones that mean something, have them, and the other thing as well that we've got, which is huge, I guess, uh, when I say we, I mean the pre like Premier League, uh, two things. Uh, number one, there's different things to play for. So this could be relegation. That you can play for to get True. into Europe, yeah. get into the top four. Yeah. So there's about three or four plus the title, yeah. three or four things to play. And the other thing is, well, they get prize money for, I, I always remember our late chairman, bless his soul, Sir, uh, Sir Doug Ellis, coming in on the last day of the season. I said, I know he's just switched off. I know he's went to run a trophy, but the bottom line is if you win today, we're ninth. That's a difference of two million pounds for the club. Yeah. Right, so he'd come in and say, "So you make sure you win." And it's always some cheeky bugger would shout out, "Marky, how much are we getting of the two million?" He'd say, <laughs> and, and that's the that's the thing with the NRL. It sounds like all the teams get their salary cap yeah. from the NRL each season. So wouldn't it be better to have it sort of tiered, like you were saying, that I there'd be so. values, like let's say I the bottom so. team gets. Yeah whatever the cap is, let's say it's 12.3 million, yeah. but then you have a sliding scale up the ladder yeah. so that then you could actually quantify and say, this game is actually worth $2.4 million 100%. swing yeah, 100%. depending on who wins it. hundred percent. And remember rugby league as well. They had all that, you know, oh, this is about, I reckon this is about 12 years ago. Oh, yeah. You know, all that talk about, oh, when there was nothing going on in the game that there was, there was a bit suspect, you know, and then I had it for AFL as well because it would help them with salary picks for the next season, you know, yeah, for these, whatever. The yeah. You could take that, all, the draft, you could take that all out of it, in my opinion. But I always remember, I think Tara Rushton's wedding against, uh, against, against with, Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> against Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Tara oh, Rushton versus Cooper Cronk. Great battle. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was, uh, uh, Robbie was actually there that night, right? So, uh, and I was there with uh, Craig Bellamy. Yeah, oh. right. So Craig Bellamy the was there talking. Welsh striker or yeah, that's Storm him. coach? That's him, though. Yeah. No, Storm coach. No, Storm oh. coach, yeah. And, um, and having a really good chat. And it was really, really interesting to hear what he does with players and how he manages and this, that, and the other. And I actually said to him, because he brought up a similar thing to what you said, Brooks. He goes, what do you think about us the way we decide? I said, look, I've got no problem. It's the Australian way to have a grand final. But so far as I'm concerned, I think it really stemmed from uh, originally the federations used to get all the money from the final series. So that would make that more important. That's what I think it's originally stemmed from way, way back. Yep. But I still think you should make more out of being minor premiers because when you start pre-season, you want to be the best team in the Well, you're the best team in the league over the whole year. Then all of a sudden, what? You you lose a game. I remember, like, you know, that's why I used to stand up for Nathan Highmarsh because they used to give him stick. I always never won a grand final. But they won minor premiers. They should say there's two major trophies. All right, the grand final might be the bigger mm. one. Right, you might mm. say, but this is important as well. And how do we make it important? Just like you said, for each place, there should be a you know some, some prize money. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I think that would that would. That it's a hundred thousand dollars now, yeah. isn't it, Brooks? I think it went up recently. Two. It was. It was. Oh, not that much. I yeah. think it was in the two. Maybe, a, maybe a, you know, for rugby league, maybe uh, you know, you're, you're all over this, Miss. I was always here to talk about it. You know, for this, their salary cap. So maybe say, all right, well, next year dispensation. You've, you've got an extra two hundred thousand yeah, yeah. in your salary Absolutely. cap as you finished ninth. Absolutely. Rather than finishing tenth. I've got a couple of questions for you, Bozza, yeah. off that story. Firstly, uh, when you played Blackburn that year, yeah, any tension? Between Robbie no, and... No, 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 it wasn't. No, no, it wasn't. The, 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 the biggest thing I can remember from Robbie, this was a classic. He, he may have told you he then went to... I mean, but so, you know, Robbie was... Like I said to somebody yesterday, he was an integral part of that championship winning team. I think it was... I, I don't know if Chris Sutton went there that year. I think he might have. It was only Chris yeah, Sutton was. and Robbie. But I don't know if Chris Sutton had already been there for a year. I don't think he had. I think it was only Chris Sutton and Robbie that had gone there. They were the difference. They, they made a huge difference. Robbie especially... Um, because in terms of, you know, you need a top squad. Yeah. Mm. So it, it, it made an absolute huge difference. So there wasn't so much then. And if I can remember rightly, they beat us twice. They beat us at um, Ewood Park uh, and in the return at Villa Park 1-0 as well. But the one thing I do remember, <laughs> he'll remember this as well, when he went to Southampton. So this is coming back to what we said about exciting. So we were already safe. I think this was, I think this was actually 95, 96. And it might've been the year after I'll, I'll find, I'll, I'll look at my diaries in the break and have a look for you. Southampton last game of the season, all games kicking off at the same time. They didn't know Southampton, whether or not that they were going to stay up. So they really needed to win against us to be safe. And we're in the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. But typical Robbie, he goes, come on, Boz, you know, we need to really need to win today. And I said, <laughs> No chance, mate. No, absolutely no chance, mate. Should have seen his face. And during that game as well, he actually cut in. He actually cut in. I think he cut in from the left. I don't know if he was playing on the left. He'll be able to remember. Um, but he cut in and he hit an absolute rasper. And I've, done, I've really done a good save as well. <laughs> yeah, really. There's only one Aussie that ever scored against me. And I, I, um, I think his name was Richard, some, Richard Johnson, who played for Watford. That was against Man United when we beat him 4-1. That was the only one. I don't think Harry, none of them, not Harry, not Dukes. Uh, none of them. Um, Timmy, Timmy wasn't playing. Uh, he might've been playing, but lower divisions when, when I was playing. So, um, so, so there you go. So, um, yeah, that was the only th time we come close, but they're an exceptional team, Blackburn. I hear what Robbie said. I feel sorry for them because you see where they are now. They're sort of closer to the relegation zone in, in championship than they are to the, pro but they were, you know, he said, Oh, not Man City, the same level. If you did inflation and all that, they were the Man City of that day. Mm. So Jack Walker, bless his soul, he's passed away as well. Was a steel merchant. He made an absolute fortune, and his greatest wish before he passed away, his hometown was Blackburn, was to make them champions. It was a fairy tale story. So he set up a whole lot of uh, money for them, you know, he, 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 his own money, to right. make them great, yep. and then also set up a structure for when he had gone, Brooksy, to make sure that it could continue. But it Why just didn't, didn't it work? I don't know, because yeah. mismanagement. Not enough mismanagement. money? I mean, like, well, enough money, but just mismanagement. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, my other question, so he said there was... A Points where you, you know one position on the table could cost you two million dollars. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, a million pounds. Well, what or whatever. would be the current sort of scale of finishing bottom of the Premier League? Oh, no, I'll have a look. Top? I'll have a look. I'll have a look. I think the bottom for finishing top. Look, you, you all play a certain amount of games on TV, and you yeah. get money for that. Yeah, everyone gets an equal when they when they divvy up the the billions. So everyone gets a certain amount at the start. That's all equal. Then everyone plays for the first round exactly the same amount of times on TV. Then from about, I think it's about, well, I'll check it for you. I think it's about February onwards. Then the TV is allowed to decide what games they have on as their main games. Because not every game is right. live there. We've got, we've got more live games really? here than that. Yeah. Wow. Right? So then they, you know, like match of the day or, you know, remember with the rugby league, big match. So then they decide which the big games are going to be and how the draw is going to get out. 
And the more times you play on TV, the more money you get. And yeah. also the higher you finish in the league, the more money you get. And obviously if you qualify for Europe, depending what competition, the more money you get as Which well. Which is the game they call like the million dollar game or whatever it is. Is that to qualify right, that's the, to go up yes, to the EPL? Yes, because yeah. right now, how's this? Just from TV rights alone, if you finish last in the Premier League, you still get more at the start of the season than a team who wins the Bundesliga. That's how much they've, wow. that's how much they've built it up to. It's, wow. it, I'm proud. You know, I think we're there from the start. And always remember um, Sir Alex Ferguson when it first started in 1992-93. And people can say what they want, but it was Rupert Murdoch who started this. Mm. So, you know, kudos to him. He started it in his team. He bought it. You can say what you want. A lot of people from a political perspective don't like whatever. But you can say what you want. From a sporting perspective, it was an Australian who started the Premier League. And that was him. And 1992, 94, I always remember first. He goes, oh, I'll give it six months. Well, well, how long's it been now, yeah. really? And, you know, yeah. there was the first division years. and all that. But the thing was, what was happening over there, the big six clubs at that time was Everton, Liverpool, Man United, uh, Arsenal, Tottenham, uh, Tottenham, I think that was them, Aston Villa, right? They were not getting what they thought that they should do, understandably so, yeah? And they formed this... You know, breakaway, but the, the most important thing was they had the fan support. So they got, and at the start, it was 22 clubs. The other clubs said, we'll come in as well. And now it's down to 20 clubs. Um, they all have one vote. You know, that was one thing. Uh, another story I heard. This is another story I'd love to love uh, to ask our beloved, and I'm saying that sarcastically, APL. Um, every club's got a vote, okay? You, you only need, I think, 10 votes for something to go through. I thought it was... Somebody told me 10 votes last night. I actually thought it was something like two-thirds, but whatever. Everyone's got to vote. In the Australian professional leagues, I got told last night, this is what I wanted to have confirmation as well. I got told that Western Sydney Wanderers, Sydney FC, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City have one vote each, and the other eight clubs have one vote between them. So anyway, that's another story anyway. But every club has one vote, and it's just gone on and on and on. Mm. And that championship game, so what they do is they have playoffs. So the first two qualify automatically. Three, four, five, and six. Three play six, four play five, two legged games. Winners of those two legged games have a one legged game at Wembley to see who wins. A bit of a final series. The most expensive yeah. game in the world because of the money that they can earn, like wow. I said to you, yeah? But I'll have a look at that. I'll, I'll have a look at that for you during the break. Just once I do my Instagram. What's your, what's your Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a massive show coming up. We've got yeah! SENZ's Kirsty Stenway and Stephen McDonald. We've got Sean Omarov from Sportsbet, Heat Chairman and SENQ breakfast host Ian Healy. Boz is going to go through his second stint at Man United. Oh, and okay. BP, Brett Phillips, is going to join us for an Australian Open update. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. Thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. Remember, you can call us throughout the show. 1300 01 1170 or send us a text message 0457 736 736. I've done a quick bit of research, Pozza, about yes, the prize money. Uh, yeah. A lot of questions coming through from our listeners as well on this. Yeah. So, first, first place in the APL. Yeah. This is in USD. 54.4 million USD. Yeah, so Second place, powers, 51.7 yeah. million. Third place, 49 million, et cetera, et cetera. It drops about two to two and a half million. Uh, per yeah. spot on yeah. the ladder. Yeah, that's that, well, that, there you go. So you just go off scale. And this is, you know, a lot of people when I talk about these things and all, it's taken a long time to, you know, when, when you know, the Premier League began, English football had just had a period of about five years out of Europe. There was hooliganism. It wasn't going particularly well. And they had to rebuild. And it was step by step, you know, step by step. I told you what Sir Alex Ferguson said when he first came in. I'll oh, give it six months. Yeah. So this is like, you know, like 30 years ago. So it takes time. Um, yes, okay, it's, the, it's, it's, it's got to be one of the most 
well, if you depends what type of metric you use. It's one of the most entertaining leagues in the world, and people watch it all over the world. It always has been. I mean, anytime anyone has gone to Shanghai Airport in Singapore, and you go see those TVs, they've always had what used to be the first division, then Premier League. And it's just gone up and up and up. And, and long may it continue. I'm biased. I wanted to. But, you know, NFL is like that as well. Yeah. And they play less games, far less games, you know. So, um, but one thing, they've done a lot of things very, very smartly. I actually thought one of the smartest things they did is they, you know, went and got the best players from all around the world too, you know. At yeah. the start, it couldn't get perhaps the very, very best um, from certain places. But they would get like, say, Rude Hullet, who's maybe wasn't at that time Italy, the league was still number one. So maybe he wasn't good enough really, but he came over. It was huge. Gianfranco Zola. And then from that, you know, it just went on and on. So you think about Chicharito, who come from Mexico, um, say myself and Robbie from Australia, you know, or, and then it's now gone to coaches as well. And this is what provides the interest because, you know, if you've got somebody, I mean, how many people in Australia now have taken notice of Spurs because Ange Postacoglu is there? Everyone. You know, everyone, everyone, you know, it's really yeah. there. And, that's what I look to when I look for, for sport. You know, we're talking about the swimming side, you know, having those, having tournaments and having the best swimmers from everywhere. People want to see the best. And this is what they've done very, very well. And obviously there's three other massive leagues in the Bundesliga, La Liga and Serie A. But what the Premier League done is very, very well. And these other leagues, it's going to take time for them to cut. They package the league very, very well as well. Like I said to you, you know, there's, there's a lot of shows, highlight shows, even in the old days, big league soccer on channel, you know, channel two. You don't see maybe 10 minutes of one game, 10 minutes of another. The rest are just goals. But And with the crowd, like, you know, when you got people screaming whether or not it's a corner or a goal kick, it's like, you know, it's a big – makes a huge difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. It goes near the sideline. Oh, yeah, oh, my God, what the hell is this? Yeah? yeah? All right. So, We've got to get some news, Bozza. Let's After get the some news, news. We're going to join our friends from across the ditch in SENZ, yes. Kirsten Beaver. This is the Summer Run Home. Thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. You're with James Magnuson and Mark Bosnich this afternoon. And joining us now, uh, John and Beaver from SENZ. Good afternoon. That's awkward. How are we, guys? Very good. How are you? Yeah, we're not bad, Boz. Uh, I've right. got me old, uh, I guess we'd almost call him childhood uh, rugby teammate, John R. Farr, with me today. We oh, played, brilliant. Uh, hey, Johnny. We played. Hey, lads. There you, you go. go. Good, we... to, good to speak to you. How do you yeah, spell yeah, no. John? Because I was just having a conversation. I'm uh, asking. Oh, no, I want to know. No, 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 no. I want to know because I, I, I got reprimanded by one of my old clubs, uh, Aston Villa, because yeah. there's a player at Aston Villa. Uh, well, he, apparently he's supposed to say John, but his name is John is spelled J-H-O-N. Some people spell it J-O-N. How do you spell yours, John? It's the J-O-H-N, but I okay. have seen people spell it with the H. Yeah. Something, something, you know what I mean? I'm yeah, just yeah. like slightly confused or thought that was a real mistake, but I didn't realise that was actual yeah. name going around. Well, no, but, yeah, so the one from Aston Villa is Jean, and I was calling him the other week, Jean, and they <laughs> rank, he's, he's from, he's from Colombia. Very good oh, player, oh. yeah, but it's like Jean Duran. So I was going, Jahan, all right, I was going to say, all right, fair enough. I was going to call him Duran Duran then. Hey, he's, boys. Not smoky, he's not a smoky for first uh, goal scorer this week, is he? Oh, is he worth yeah, well, that's an yeah, omen. Yeah, that's right. an omen bet They're now. playing against Chelsea in the FA Cup, maybe. There you maybe. go. Maybe. Boys, uh, lots yeah. of news coming out of New Zealand in the rugby league. Firstly, Ronald Volkman is set for surgery with the Warriors. Now, we were saying on this show, that seems common sense if the injury happened at the Warriors, you know, workplace injury and, and the like. What are, what are you guys hearing over there about the Volkman scenario? 
Yeah, well, uh, we have a thing called ACC over here. Um, so no doubt uh, they are involved all of a sudden, the, the accident in the in the workplace. But, uh, yeah, apparently by all accounts the, the Warriors are, are going to chip in. And what a funny state of affairs that's all turned into that. I mean, Boz, in your professional career, which obviously the soccer clubs are, are ruthless in themselves, what would have they done in such a situation? Just wash their hands of it and said, good luck, son? So what happened, Bozza? He, injured, he, he yeah. injured himself yeah. just before Christmas at yeah. the Warriors. Uh, the Warriors then released him from his contract. He signed a release, went to the Dragons, trained for a day at the Dragons. Then they noticed something was wrong with him. They did a medical. He needed a shoulder eco, so they didn't sign him, didn't register a contract for him. Now he's left in limbo. No, I, I tell you exactly what would have happened. If there was any talk about you going to another club, right? first and foremost, your agent is very important in this situation, right? So he's got a contract with the Warriors, right? So he can basically technically see through that contract. If he's given doctor's reports, I think it has to be three, to say he can never play again at the standard that he was playing, then he'll have a choice. Can he take out take his own personal insurance and how you do a deal with the club? If you want to, you can still stay there because the club have just signed you. But if, for example, you're now got interest from another club, number one, the club he's going from, Warriors, would be able to say, look, Dragons, Normally, we'd charge $3 million to this player, but give us a million because he's got a bit a few issues. But the deal will hinge on his medical at the new club. Mm. He would not sign anything until the medical is being complete and they say, we're happy with the medical. Or he stays with his club. Yeah, Simple as that. Because every player, every player um, basically by our union, has to have their own personal insurance and every club in, in the Premier League has their own insurance. So when you claim your own personal insurance, the club will claim their own insurance and there's no problem. But if they say, look, you're never going to play again at the same level and they both come to an agreement with the contract, that's a different story. They, they, they will make that deal. Yeah. But there's no way that you would completely cut ties with one club until they've said the Dragons, that medical is okay. So dodgy by the manager as well, right? Well, yeah. no, no. He should have, he should have, you know, crossed all T's and dotted all yeah. I's. Put it that yeah. way, yeah? Uh, now, boys, this this one that just I just love this story. Um, we've been talking about and own experiences in the situation today, and I'm sure Boz, you would have, and and Miss, I wouldn't be surprised if you would have been caught up in this situation. But Glenn Maxwell, uh, <laughs> not for the first time, is going to miss a cricket game. First of all, how hard do you have to be going at a concert to knock yourself clean out? And are we now of the uh, of agreeance that? That backyard game where he broke his leg, um, that wasn't just a, a bad call from the non-strikers end. <laughs> that, that had to be something else. Yeah, well, to I, answer I, your first, yeah. first question, I mean, I, I don't know about you, mister, but in season, like, never. They never go to any of those type of extent. I mean, well, put it this way. I, I never used to drink. I had mm. my I had my occasional cigar, but I never used to drink mm. during season. Off-season, different story. But there are certain <laughs> – there are cert- yeah, but there's still there are certain things that you have in the contract that you've got, you, you've got to be – you know, I remember once when I broke my foot in New York playing – basketball seriously right, yeah. and I, I mean I got grilled yeah. I, I mean when I say grilled I mean I feel as though I'd been arrested by the club mm. yeah because are you sure it wasn't water skiing you sure it wasn't if you <laughs> you know when it happened <laughs> when it happened I had to, seriously because he can't do anything he's like I was in New York when you think I was yeah, yeah? and um, I, I'll never forget the time when I had to ring Aston Villa to let them know and they made the hospital in New York do a breath test on me Seriously, oh, really? Yeah, 100%. That was no problem, but they did. Yeah, 100%. So, not in our thing, but 
Um, I mean, the, the backyard cricket thing is something you have to explain to me, but this newest thing so is he, not... He's done yeah. three I, injuries. He broke right. his leg uh, at some sort of birthday party, supposedly <laughs> playing cricket. Limbo. He, he yeah. then supposedly fell off a golf cart and got injured, <laughs> right. uh, knocked himself okay. out another time. And this is the third one. This time he was at a wow. concert, Brett Lee's... Uh, band which is called Six, six and Out. out. Yep. He was at a he was at a six, oh, yeah. he was at a Six and Out concert. And <laughs> is that heavy middle? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say so. So he's got so pissed that he's uh, he's come a cropper and, and he's, been, he's been taken by an ambulance. Yeah. Wow. Um, I think we can surmise that he's a bit of a lunatic on the piss. Put it that way. Is he playing now? Or is he on holiday? Uh, no, no, he's supposed to be playing this test match. He can't yeah. make it though now. Well. Obviously not. Yeah. yeah. You guys should have heard the stories that Beav and Johnny were giving about their pre or post game rituals earlier today, Lance. Uh, well, let's hear them. Let's hear well, them. Well, probably, yeah. probably the best, well, dumbest All one right. is uh, the brand that we've uh, got a great mate, Richard Kahui, who now resides in Australia, former All Black. And we just finished our domestic season. We're about to go on an end of year tour. And our team uh, is a rural team, Waikato. And uh, we were all hard on the booze at the end of the season. We were on a farm at the time, trying to stay out of trouble. Big bonfire. And one of the coaches found a branding iron and, uh, for cattle. And we decided that it was a real good idea to get that real hot and show our uh, commitment to, the, uh, to our team and uh, brand each other. And well, Richard took one on the, uh, on the backside and it blistered up and burnt that poorly that two days later when we went to All Blacks camp, uh, he couldn't partake for the next week, which wow. did not go down well, <laughs> as you and can you, imagine. And, 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 uh, and you two are trying to say about me and a missile. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a different level. Kiwis oh, always like that. Kiwis are on a different level. They try to give it the old underdog, you know, whatever. You're on a different level. You are on a different level. Oh, man. So, uh, um, so good old oh, okay, good old. I can, Max, I can confirm yeah. on the Australian swim team we've never branded anyone. On yes. a Mad Never Monday after party. Our mind up until that story. Smokes. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. Uh, boys, wanted to ask you about Joe Smith. Uh, Bozer and I haven't heard a lot about him. He's our new Wallabies head yeah. coach. Uh, he was the former assistant coach at, at the All Blacks. Tell us, what can we expect yeah, good uh, question. from the new new head coach? Well, you, you boys are lucky because me and Beaver had him since we were like 17, 18. He used to be our New Zealand schools coach. So. Ah. Joe Smith, the teacher, the man from Manawatu, okay. um, loves wearing rugby kit. Um, <laughs> when he was Does he pull his socks he was, up? Nah, he's actually socks down. Oh, so stubby okay. socks down. But um, you know, coaches very professional wear the tracksuit. Yeah. No, not Joe Smith. He likes to wear rugby shorts and socks while he does the does the training sessions. Oh, there you go. Uh, so, so he's a really hands-on out there coach, yeah, right? as yeah, opposed to be being a manager that steps back. Okay. No, nah, no, nah, hands-on, very knowledgeable. So I think it'll be good for the. What Aussies. type of like style he, of rugby does he like to play, boys? Structured. Oh, yeah. Detail. Okay. A lot of okay. detail. All right. Mm. Uh, he, he turned around Ireland rugby. He turned around Irish rugby. All right. Um, well, definitely. Nice. Yeah, yeah but he's quite serious, too. I don't know. The old um, casual Thursday night, Saturday nights might be out the window for us. <laughs> okay. like, yeah, okay. It could really okay. dry out for um, the poor team, but and you know what I mean? What's his man management like? He's hard. Yeah, he's pretty cutthroat. There's a hard edge to him. Okay. Yeah. Don't be, don't be judged by the nice, cleanly shaven. Uh, he got like a bit of a yeah, 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 socks uh, down type thing. Yeah. yeah no. Looks twenty. He could be tinted with like a little. <laughs> he got like a little bowl cut. This blonde shaggy. You know here. what? We we really do need a savior. So I I really think. Well, can that, we? Not think. I really hope we do. and pray. Yeah. That this does because, like I said, for me, it just hit an all-time low last time. Not getting out of that group stage. Can yeah. we get an unbiased opinion? Upgrade or downgrade from Eddie? 
Oh, upgrade. Yeah, <laughs> upgrade. I could have told you that. You have to tell but, them. Yeah. Give yourself an uppercut. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, all right. Yeah, great. Don't get out of a group of two teams yeah. we didn't even know played rugby in Wales and bloody Fiji. Yeah, who do you want to give an uppercut to, mate? Yeah. But unfortunately Wait till for I us see him. Yeah. Unfortunately for us in radio, we don't have hours of content now. Well, that's the only thing that is yeah, depriving us of. I know, but I, that's like when somebody said to me, any publicity is good publicity. I went, yeah, wait till you suffer bad publicity. You won't be saying that. Same with that. It's about, it's about, it's about quality, boys. It's about quality. Give me some of the uppercut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, Boz, mate, we can't believe it. These Knicks, top of the table. Are we taking it all now? Oh, well, I, I hope he's do. I mean, you got so you got Auckland as well. So the guy who owns Bournemouth has bought a license mm. for Auckland as well. And I, I always, I mean, I've, I've actually played a charity game in Auckland. The support for, for soccer there is absolutely phenomenal. So I always thought Auckland would be a great city to play. So... Um, it, it's it, it's really good to see uh, that they're there. They've been there and thereabouts before when Ernie Merrick was there. And I think one season under Mark Rudin, they had a decent, but I really hope, but they've never won it before, they yep. can continue this on. It'd be really good for the, for the whole competition because at the moment, especially after this week's news that we've had here, which I won't go into detail on the boys with, but I think it'd be really good for the competition uh, that somebody that you could say was unfancied at the start of the season go on and win it. And also for New Zealand soccer as well. Yeah, you know, I, I really think that that would be absolutely fantastic for it. Boys, we've got to fly. John, nice to meet you, Beaver. Pleasure as always. Enjoy the rest of the show, lads. Thanks, Beaver. Thanks, Thanks Johan. Lads. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. Thanks to Hyundai. Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. Time now for a sports bet market update with Shawnee Omrod. Afternoon, Shawnee. Afternoon, boys. Hump day. I was battling, but I get to chat with the boss man. Now I'm fired up. Hi, Shai. How are you, buddy? Good to speak to you. Excellent, mate. What's the latest? Uh, all good. All good. Um, That's all right. Uh, tennis was good last night. Really enjoyed it. Uh, what else? Uh, soccer last night. Did you catch that? No, but I was, I was oh. in the middle of the tennis game. Sorry. We're playing Uzbekistan. <laughs> like, let's be frank, frank here. It was Uzbekistan. It's not as if we're playing Argentina. Don't, uh, no disrespect, but these group games, you know, like uh, you know, for a team that can win it like Australia, what you want to do is peak around final time. Yeah. So you just make yes. sure you get through the group games, right? All it's right. like just like with Djokovic with the tennis, yeah? Shout out to our all, right. shout out to all our Uzbek fans out there. Uh BBL, <laughs> BBL final tonight Sean. Yeah, Sixers versus the Heat. For those who don't know, it that's is. Sydney Sixers versus the Brisbane Heat. Correct. Okay. And the great Sox last game, Bozza, it's a real sort of bittersweet moment for me. I'm obviously going to be sitting at home, maybe go a beer or two, cheer on the what, Sixers. Why is it his last uh, game is he retiring? Yeah. How old is he? 45. Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't say oh, what God, does he I, look like. I hope he's warming yeah, up. Yeah. He's just heard that. He'll be fine. Well, why is he right. retiring? But then he have to bowl four overs. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds, Sean? Give us the odds. Dollar <laughs> seventy-five missile. The sixes are favourites. Two dollars. Go to sixes. I'm going. I'm going for a socky same game multi. Two or more wickets for the sock man into the sixes to win. Three dollars seventy-five. What a beautiful. Fit to sit back and right, cheer beautiful. tonight. Well, what time does it start? I'm watching that tonight. Seven fifteen. Oh, great. On the radio. Oh, oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, what a plug that is for you. How good is that? I'll put it on <laughs> in the car when I go buy my cigars. How you going? <laughs> Who's commentating on it? I'm not having a Jimmy Smith's commentating on it. He's so boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we've got to go, Sean. I'll see Sorry. you on Saturday right. morning for no, the Mowers Club. Yeah. Too easy, boys. Make Take it care, easy with sports bet. You win some, you lose more. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We're into the second hour of the Summer Run Home with Bozart and the Missile. If you missed the first hour, subscribe and listen to the Run Home with Joel and Fletch podcast. You can get that through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or download the SEN app. Welcome to our New Zealand listeners. First hour highlights are Bozart, you... 
You addressed some stories that uh, Robbie told, and it mm. turns out they're all true. Yeah. Robbie wasn't lying to us. He was telling the truth. I never thought that he, he was, but well, he did you guys you. doubt him? No, but you just <laughs> you never know his stories, right? Oh, could be yeah, a little but bit everyone's of, got a little bit of GST. Oh, yeah, but everyone's got a little bit of different version, but his is pretty much spot on. Just a yeah. couple minute details, yeah? Um, but you, yeah, two got to do a, you two have got to do a, a podcast Show together? or something together. He yeah. wants to do a podcast, but I don't even know what a podcast is, to be honest. I'm, I, I'd rather us just do a show together. But I'd like you there because you, in my opinion, are an excellent person to provide balance. And also, <laughs> it'd be great to have a judge because invariably we end up arguing. Yeah? So even though it's not the court of law, the court of public opinion yeah. is just as important in my opinion. Uh, All right, we're getting ready for tonight's BBL final. The Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. It's live here on SEN from 7 p.m. Sydney time, 8 p.m. Sorry, 6 p.m. for our listeners up there in Brisbane. Uh, To preview the match, joining us now is the host of SENQ Breakfast and chairman of the Brisbane Heat, Ian Healy. Heels, welcome to the Summer Run Home. Thanks very much, James. Gab Oz. Hey, buddy, how are you? Yes, very well. Thanks. I've That's just good. arrived in Sydney. Very so, good. Um, so before we start, yeah, be, yeah, before we start be this good. interview, I'm very uncomfortable that you're chairman of the Heat. Is that a conflict of interest doing this interview now, <laughs> right about here? Huh? <laughs> no, no, it's it's a great rivalry. Oh, yeah, it is. And I'm starting it off right now as I'm sick of <laughs> winning the rugby league, and we're going to hit back tonight. <laughs> we would love to be. We would love to be as good as those Sydney Sixers. Do they're good? Oh, they're here we go. See, the see, they do this very well. Yeah. Oh, this yeah, is what they yeah. did for the state of origin, your favourites and all. You should have seen on Wide World of Sports when I said the Darren Lockyer and Billy Slater, you know, obviously your favourites for Origin 3. They went nuts because it was against their MO. You know, oh, what yeah. did, don't you tell yeah, well, you're at Lane Park. What are you on about? Yeah? <laughs> Mate, that the origin uh, underdog tag even amazes Queenslanders. It, it comes out. It comes out every year, and New South Wales are the favourites. Yeah, 100%. That That's what I told them. It was like Mike Tyson at his pump going, oh, I'm really scared tonight. You know, it's really <laughs> going to be a tough fight. Yeah, of course, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, let's talk. I mean, so let's speak about favourites. The Sixers may be favourites tonight, but the Heat were favourites at the beginning of the tournament. Have you seen, let's talk about your team first, Brisbane. Have you seen their performances through the tournament thus far, Heels? Uh, it's been really, really good, and they've been well received uh, up at home. The crowds have been good, and mm. everyone's enjoyed their style of play. Then we lost uh, our two internationals, um, Colin Munro and Sam Billings, who really care and they mm. get get really involved in the in the program. Um, so th- then we lost to the, you know when we lost them, or we didn't play them in the last round because we had to get some game time into Jimmy Pearson, our wicketkeeper, mm. and um, Maxie Bryant. So. So we lost to Perth and, and then we played pretty badly against the Sixers on the Gold Coast on Friday night and then we bounced back hard on Monday night. So, so uh, yeah, th- they've, been, they've been quite exciting and people have loved them. Mm. Would I be right in saying tonight, Heels, both teams would be hoping to win the toss and bat first? Oh, I think so. That, that's normally the go in Sydney. I, I think the game's flipped back to batting first again, mm. you know, about – Three years ago, up to about three years ago, they really loved chasing totals, didn't they? I think they've, you know, they didn't mind uh, a big total on the board and they could just release and and go for it, uh, hitting a lot of sixes and big balls. So I think it's turned around again to to sort of try to mount some scoreboard pressure at the end and maybe the bowlers have got better at defending totals. Um, I'm not quite sure what's happened in the game, but normally in Sydney, the wicket's at its best first up Mm. to bat. 
Uh, what's the what's the secret for the Brisbane Heat to beating this Sydney side? It's a strange scenario where they played only a week ago and the Sixers got the better of the Heat. How do they turn it around that short time uh, yeah. time frame? Um, well, we just have to – we had the Sixers in enough trouble and then Moses Enriquez and, and Dan Hughes. Uh, uh, yeah, here's Daniel. Daniel Hughes at the yeah, top Daniel, of the order, left-hander. Yeah. They batted brilliantly. They batted like cricketers, like not, not T20 players. Mm. And they, they summed up the conditions really, really well and, and just stayed in. Mm. So so we've got to do that a bit better. When we batted, we, we'd hit one six and then think, oh, hang on, we're right here and, and go for another one, cross the line and sky it straight up. Mm. We didn't bat particularly cleverly, but we did on – and we then on Monday night, we left it all up to Josh Brown. He made 140. Yeah. Um, and so we've just got to be ready to pitch in if, if it doesn't happen at the top of the order like it did on Monday night and bat a little little smarter or more relevant to the conditions. And, and, and then our bowlers have to maintain their quality. We've got a very good attack, mm. um, and so we can create pressure. We've got Spencer Johnson, Tall Paul, two big left armers. We've got Xavier Bartlett and Michael Nisa, um, and then two spinners so, and a spare spinner. Mm. So we've we got everything there. If they bowl well, we're, we're going to be hard to beat, but let's see. And and heels in terms of from a captain captaincy perspective, I mean we we in our sport used to always yeah. sort of look at cricket and go, wow, well, you know, a captain is like it's so much to think about and and yeah. what more than we, any sport. I, I think so. Yeah. It's so it's so important. And obviously they've got leaders of the group which have to help them. You know, specifically like people like yourself used to be a wicket keeper, maybe somebody else in the slip. So you know, people who've got experience. Do you think the responsibility is more for a test captain or for a twenty twenty captain or even? ODI captain. Oh, I think I think test. Okay. If if you've got an even contest between two good teams, yeah, you've got a lot to do in five days. You, you know, t- are we going to go now? Are we going to push the button now? Are we going to go for wickets or are we going to start to accelerate the run rate? Those sorts of decisions. Yeah. Whereas T Twenty and the shorter the shorter the game gets, the game sort of tells you what you got to do oh, now. I gotcha. Okay, right. more reactive. We've yeah. got to. We've got to score at 10 and over. Let's go. Right. Whereas you've got to make those decisions for yourself in a test. Gotcha. Um, having said that, what about – it's a classic, isn't it, the two captains tonight? Our bloke is a young a young player, up and comer, uh, has captained the Heat three times, mm. and Moses has done it 100. <laughs> yeah, so, that's but, a big yeah. difference. Yeah. But I just think, you know, when it's so quick and so fast – you know, and because they've only got four overs, right, the bowlers, you, especially in the field, you've got to be very careful. I would have thought that, you know, you've got to think to yourself, especially if you're defending, and if you have to defend it, maybe a, a total that is a little bit less than you thought it would be, you've got to make a lot of decisions very quickly, and the game can get yes. away from you, I would, uh, uh, I would have thought, in 2020 much quicker than it can in a, in a test arena. Yes, it can, but that's more on the players, not so much the captain. Gotcha. But that those four overs that the players get, they might be four lots of one as well. You, you might have to swap really quickly, so mm. that's part of it. And then you have to synchronise everything. A, a team, the, Sydney are nearly the best at doing this, right? So the field gets set and the bowler's got a bowl in a position where they'll have the batsman hit to one of those fielders. Mm. And and they're really good at that. If you miss your length, for example, you might get hit in different different areas of the field and be quite expensive. Mm-hmm. So so that synchronisation, uh, I, I need you to bowl there, and I'm going to set the field like this. Yes. And they should be they should struggle to score freely. 
And, and their next ball, for example, it can change. Yeah, Just one ball at a time even. They're sort of like set plays yeah. that these captains will deploy tonight. We're talking right now with Chairman of the Brisbane Heat and SEN Zone, Ian Healy. Heels, I want to talk Test cricket, but before we get to that, can you give us a prediction for tonight's game? Unbiased, if possible. Yeah, if possible. Oh, it, yeah. yeah it can't be unbiased. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's genuinely 50-50. You know, if Josh Brown gets away, we, we could win. Um, no problems. They always downplay it, Queenslanders. Um, they always it's same as their top order. So I think we've got, I think we've got an unknown batting lineup and a better bowling attack than the Sydney Sixers. They're playing at home, they'll be comfortable, and they're in decent form. So, so I, I can't even predict. It's it's not even see, worth predicting. Brilliant. But um, you know, two good teams that match up very well. So let's see who goes well in the three-hour period. Well, Hills, here's my prediction. You can give this to your team. You're not coming up uh, down here and winning. You're going to lose. So there you go. Tell that to them in the dressing room before the game. Right? Yeah. And by the way, if you win, I'm t- if you win, I'm turning my phone off later. Put it that way. <laughs> yeah, beauty. Yeah. I hope everyone rings you. Hey, Hills, uh, the second test starts tomorrow against the West Indies. Uh, you're going to be part yep. of that call with uh, the SEN cricket team. Uh, Usman Khawaja cleared to play. Uh, some other big stories in the cricket world. I mean, there's the Glenn Maxwell story, but let's talk firstly about uh, this this test tomorrow. And uh, you know, is it going to be more of a contest? How many days will we get out of it? Does the day night added uh, any extra advantage for the West Indies? Maybe can they draw something from that? Yeah, probably not. They they bowled well in Adelaide and got us oh, out well. uh, reasonably cheaply. So so that's okay. They just need to make sure they hold on to their catches, bowl as well. The conditions, as you say, as you intimate, might swing. It's been really humid up there, so it might swing. There's normally a better grass cover on a pitch for the pink ball to protect it a little bit. So that might that might um, give some seam. Um, and but it'll come down to how well the West Indies can bat again against our bowlers. Yeah. Uh, they, they're talented enough. I just hope for the next five to ten years they can keep these guys together, yeah. find enough money to really value Test cricket once again, and get back going. So um, now I, I I think the discrepancy between the two sides will be there again. So let's see how big it is. But my first Test in Australia in 1988. We got beaten as badly by the West Indies as the West Indies got beaten by yeah. Australia last Remember week in Adelaide. Days. Remember those days? Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah. so they've just, I just hope they can turn it around like we we did in the late eighties and into the nineties. I think it's a lot to do as well with our sporting culture per se. Like you know, Australian, in my yeah. opinion, don't like to see two uneven contests one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. But I I will say this: there's a lot of places around the world, and for me personally, when I'm going to watch. My country, that's the world champions in, in Australia. Me personally, I don't mind. I'm going to go there. I want to watch it. I want to, I know I'm going to get what I want, which is them winning and winning well. Mm. And I understand both yeah. sides. But so far as I'm concerned, I love my cricket. My team are the world champions. I'm going there and I'm expecting them to win and win well. Yeah, we, we've got that attitude and we've got good investment in our sport and we understand the the esteem and the, the confidence it gives your whole country. You feel good if you if you've got good teams, you know. 100%. But the West Indies, the West Indies, it's a it's a combination of twenty six countries. Yeah. That there's the pressure they're under right there to, to get together to provide investment levels that are gonna make make cricketers get better. It's very, very difficult and costly. Mm. We heard there's a bit of COVID going through the Australian team. Do we know if there's gonna be yes. any changes to the lineup? 
Geez, I hope not. We've got Renshaw down here with us. Oh. Um, so <laughs> we don't want him getting called back just yet. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Cameron Green and Travis Head with COVID and Andrew McDonald. Um, so, uh, no, we haven't heard of any changes. And it'll be interesting to see how, how sport copes with COVID these days. Well, the government guidelines are if you've got it, you can still go to work. So they can still go to yeah. work. They just put a mask on when they're playing. They sit away. No using away, your sweat we'll for the, to put shine on the ball. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, Hills, uh, the T20 squad for the West Indies series was announced today. Uh, Mitch Marsh named as captain. That's a huge mm-hmm. honour for him. Uh, interestingly, yes. we spoke briefly. Glenn Maxwell, so he's been named in the squad despite what happened the other night. Uh, Pat Cummins came out in an interview yesterday, basically said he needs to pull his socks up a bit. Um, Fair enough. Thoughts firstly in the squad and then, and then the Glenn Maxwell scenario. Um, I'm, I'm a little um, surprised, as I was night before last or something, when, when the one-day team got selected, that Spencer Johnson's not in it. Mm. You know, like he, as soon as Starkey gets rested, you know, we've got a, a big, tall left armour bowling the house down in a T20 comp get him in there. Mm. So I don't I don't really know about that one. Um but that's about all. It's a extremely talented squads, both those, one days and T twenties. Yeah. Um congratulations to Mitch Marsh. hasn't he had a great recovery. Yeah. Um so uh, yeah that, that's about all I could I haven't really had a good um, assessment of what who got selected but um yeah I was just I I'm thinking that Spencer should be at least in one of those teams. Mm. There you go. And then uh the Glenn Maxwell issue. So uh, I've not really known a player to have this many injuries yeah. as a result of uh, as a result of skylarking. Look, he's thirty five. So when you say pull your socks up, I mean he's thirty five. It is what it is. But um, what do, what should a cricket Australia do about this? Um, investigate it and and probably do what they're doing. You know, mm. you be very mindful of your decisions. You know what what happened there. You know, mm. was it was it dehydration or was it just straight out booze? Who knows? But mm. yeah, they, they they need to find out. Maybe Glenn could own up himself. Mm. Um, but but no, they, they don't have to jump in um, ahead of everyone else. But but certainly the cautions, the precautions he, he now needs to take has have been expelled out to him. I reckon Pat Cummins was quite good on this. Mm. And uh, you, you know, you own your decisions. You're an adult. And, there will be ramifications if you if you get it wrong too often, surely. Absolutely spot on. That's mm. I think that's all and that's all organization can do. A lot of organizations usually have depending on, on what you are, you know, one chances, two chances, and, and I'm sure um, that they've perhaps gone through all that right now. Um, and, and it's down to, you know, you're free to do as you want. We're very lucky to live in a country where you can do that, but you're not free from the consequences. No. Simple as that. And like I said to you, the standards are so high in Australian cricket, you've got you know, the, you know, the world champion one day side, the world champion test side. So, and there's people, you know, if you heard, um, you know, he was talk about, you know, in another position, you know, there's, there's people breathing down everyone's neck. So um, it's, it's really down to the player. If he really wants to maintain his spot and where he is in the line of Australian cricket, he'll do something about it. Have you been and seen uh, six and out live heels? Are they that exciting? <laughs> no, 
That's all right. I have seen them in Darwin. But, yeah, no, they go good and they have a lot of fun. But, yeah, no, well, they're that exciting that, that Maxie went to sleep. <laughs> so. uh, all right. Uh, you can catch the BBL final live from the SEG Sixers versus Heat, 7 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, 6 p.m. up in Queensland across the SEN network. Ian Healy, thanks for joining us on the run home and uh, good luck. This afternoon yeah. and tonight. Thanks, Seals. No worries, fellas. Thanks Great to a speak lot. to you, mate. Uh, also, join Jared Waitley, Damian Fleming, and Ian Healy uh, for every ball of the Brisbane Day Night Test live from the Gabba from 2 p.m. tomorrow. That's one question I was, was going to ask you. But I can't remember the last time a Brisbane Test has been played at this time of the summer. No, no we got. I mean, originally way back one. when you two, mm. when you two, well, you three, sorry, were too young. A lot of times, Brooks Perth is a lot older than me. I have you. Know. Doesn't matter, but Perth used to be like I doesn't I, look it right. <laughs> Perth used to be actually the first test. You know, uh, yeah, the, the, the early eighties it was Perth, but then they obviously went to to then it become Brisbane traditional first test. But the gabatoire. to have it now this time of year in with that type of humidity and plus a. a day-night test with a pink ball, this is going to be interesting. Yeah, I've I got a feeling the ball's going to be moving around like you wouldn't believe. It's a bit of an anomaly outlier, as you would say. I love those Bozo, words. Because yeah. of the You've ashes come back with World a different Cup. vocabulary, buddy, from your, birth, uh, from your holidays, and it's brilliant. I think it was the massages. That's what did it mm. for him. Oh, did you hear about his massages? No, what happened? We well, got it. a massage, a very, uh, very oily massage, he said it was. Yeah. And then... Such a good massage that when he left, he forgot to wipe the oil off and slipped down the stairs. No, it's not my job to wipe the oil off. <laughs> no, that's very true. But I did. I put this. I put the socks on. I went. This is a bit oily. As I just said, we were talking about in regards to Glenn Maxwell when we spoke to to uh, Ian Healy. Yeah. There are consequences for your actions. <laughs> there is, and the consequence well, of being slippery is that probably you're going to slip. <laughs> Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. And now the best caller or text of the day gets a double pass to the top fuel drag racing championships at the Sydney Dragway. Yep. On Excellent. Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of January. You can get your tickets now. So, And the, and the worst text or caller, we're going to send a, a, a little thing of Jimmy Smith commentating on 2020 cricket. <laughs> okay. <What? laughs> so give us a text. That was not in the rundown. 0457736736. Or even better... Give us a call. Come and have a chat to Bozza and the Missile. one three hundred. I bet Jimmy calls in. Oh one eleven seventy. Bozza, you were just having a look quickly at Premier League uh, income from TV rights. We're talking upwards of 120, 130 million. Yeah, that's TV rights. Yeah, but that's from 21, 22. Pounds. Yeah. Pounds. Pounds. So, I mean, I mean, do the math. Somebody have a look at the so exchange double, rate. And do it. Yeah, but they've built it up. I mean, the, 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 the latest... TV deal, I'm sure. Uh, have a look at that up because I think actually the IPL, Indian Premier League cricket, their last deal actually surpassed the Premier League all in all. Yeah, was, Sony, I think it did. It? Yeah, but now yeah. the Premier League one, they just signed their domestic one, which was in was which has surpassed it. Without now that the international one will come up as well, but the international one surpasses the domestic one massive. It'd be like seeing you know, what's the rugby league deal with. Um, you know, the NRL deal with, with Fox like and billion dollar deal Channel 9. Channel 9, all right. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be like yeah. that, but then it'd be like the rest of the world pay $4 billion. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. have some numbers for us? Yeah, us? so yeah. it was in December last year, and that's the Premier League announced it had agreed a deal worth £6.7 billion pounds yeah. with Sky Sports and TNT Sports. Yes, Sky Sports. Bozo works for Sky Sports. Go Sky Sports. <laughs> and when I was in Indonesia trying to... Yeah. I was trying to watch all the sport, right? Yeah. And... The Premier League there is video. I believe it's like $15. Mm. 
right. a season. When you say video, what do you mean? Like on, on, their, on that's phone? their Optus Sport. Right? Oh, video. That's the, the name of their oh, okay. streaming yeah. network. It's about fifteen dollars. Tell me they've got better, better commentators than they do on Optus here. Yeah. Right, we, the, we got like YouTubers and, how, and people you've no, never heard of. The, yeah? Don't you get Michael Owen and sometimes, um, but when I see some of the local ones, they get. Oh gosh, I thought Michael Bridges was um, bad enough. So anyway, uh, in it, it's so cheap overseas, and they yeah. can sort of with those with that massive deal. Well, it must, it must can, be it must be said, but what's the population in Indonesia? It's like two hundred. Yeah, it's huge. What? It's about ten times more than Australia. Well, there you go. So Australia is going to be uh, Australia today hit twenty seven million. I heard that on the radio coming here. Today? Today. Somebody hit 27 million. Where was that 27 millionth? I don't know. Earth. I don't know. You <laughs> can ring up Asia. I'm sure they'll know. But we hit 27 million. Yeah. So I think somebody will tell us straight away. Indonesia's, I think, about 270 million. So you can imagine. And they're football mad, right? Like for those you know, soccer mad. Yeah. So 200 million paying $14. It's, it's the same equation. You know, when people say, would you rather have 20,000 people? Uh, at a game paying $10, yeah? Or, you know, would you rather 2,000 people paying $100? You know, it's the same type of equation, mate. Right. When you've got that type of population that are watching it, yeah, I wonder what the times would be like there for, for what were the times like? Yeah, Well, three hours behind uh, East Coast daylight. So th- it's actually probably a bit more Suitable. inviting, like night. All right, yeah, so a one o'clock nights, game here, we kick yeah. off there, what, 12, 10 o'clock? That'd be yeah, brilliant. Not, yeah. That'll be brilliant, mate. It's a good time zone. Yeah. Asia is a good time is zone. Is football the their main sport in Indonesia? I think so. I think so. I think it yeah, is. it would yeah. be. I yeah. Think it is. Yeah. yeah. I Do think they take is. on any other Australian sports? Well, they in in the pubs there. They have their um, pay TV system in the mm. pubs is amazing because they've got all the channels from England, yep. um, America. They can tap into. Mm. And that's how I, I was watching the Big Bash over there. I was watching the Sixers mm. games and just pop into a pub in Seminyak. And you, you've got A, a League was on because it was on um, yep. TNT Sports over there, which Brilliant. has got the Premier League rights. Right. You've um, TV rights that is. Mm. Um, you've got uh, the cricket was on. Well, a League game was the, on. Brooksy. A There was it was Wanderers. I can't remember who. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but you can't. Mm. No, honest, no, honestly, it, it was, must have been must one of those. Been up, must have been one of those magnificent games. Yeah, I bet you can't. Yeah. But yeah, the the ability to watch the sport over there, and that's, no, that's why great. That's, that's why great. they need to like they they make so much money off these TV deals that they can mm. then do cheap, uh, affordable deals for um, fans. Fans, yeah, but more population. And it gets that's what more I'm saying. To you. On yeah, board, more population. Point, yeah. Look, if I was fortunate one day, for example, to to become a billionaire, okay, I would because of my love of the sport. I would start my own media uh, conglomerate if you like okay what i would you have um you, you guys can decide the name and get you all working and this that and the other and i would i would go and buy the premier league okay i would go buy like we've got to stand all the european competitions i would buy the bundesliga i would buy la liga i would buy league earn in france and i would buy syria i would buy the socceroos i would buy the matildas i would buy the a-league men's i would buy the a-league women's and i'd also have you know, things there, like, you know, because the national second division is coming, I would say, all right, you know, give us that for, you know, we'll set for nothing at the start. We'll see how that goes and put it all on one channel. And you're able to do that then. Then you won't be able to have to charge people as much, in my opinion. And I think you'd find that would be a, a massive concentration of supporters. Not all of them would want to watch one certain league, 
but the whole, the fact that you've got the whole football family in one, I think you could then afford to charge a little bit. We saw with the Women's World Cup, the support that's here. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, and there'll be something for everyone there because as we found out uh, at Fox and as, as the A-League found out, unfortunately, when we lost the Premier League, um, although somebody showed me a, a thing to say the other day that the ratings were still okay for the next three years, but the Premier League being lost and then, I remember Optus had a lot of problems as well at the beginning. Remember that with their streaming and everything, they couldn't get the, the World picture Cup and all that properly. Yeah. Yeah. 2018. Okay, but there's not so much there. But then afterwards, then losing off the Fox. I remember being sports come off the Fox. Um, the Fox. Yeah, the platform. Right. So that's yeah. then take away La Liga. Well, La Liga went. Take away Bundesliga. Take away Serie A. Take mm. away Ligue 1 in France. Well, I get all them, but from being sports. So then... It just went completely down. Yeah. But, that, but that's the thing about... But that's what I would do. I mean, you guys can decide the name of the company. That's what I yeah. would do. Yeah? Because, because football fans in Australia, how many platforms, websites... Well, let's go through it right now. To, let's go through it right now. Have. Yeah. Optus. Uh, Optus, Premier League, La Liga, BN, Ligue 1, that's from France, for those who don't know, uh, Serie A, Bundesliga, uh, our company, Stan Sports Channel 9. We've got the Champions League the Europa League and the European Conference League. Uh, SBS normally get the World Cup. They had the last World Cup. Um, Ten and Paranormal, I'm mean, sorry, Paramount, they have um, uh, the A-League and the Matildas and the W-League and Cup. the Socceroos and the FA Cup, to be fair. Um, so there you go. So what's that, five? Is that five different ones or four? Yeah, five or six. Yeah. Something like that, mate. It's it's so, massive. Well, and it that, is. I'm just saying, with the cost of living, the way things are going for people at the moment, you know, it, it's it, it's 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 hard for people. Be a hundred bucks a month minimum. Yeah, hundred percent. And then if you've got kids that that want to then go to camps and they're not cheap, but it's understandable too. Now I'm taking my kid and I'm seeing some of these really good academies and the job that they do. They're the ones that are producing future players for the Matildas and for the Socceroos, and you know, and. I, Thank God for them, really, when, when you think about it. But there's no youth league still set up, yeah? So it's important that we've got to produce the players from somewhere, yeah? Yeah. All right, give us a text, 0457 736 736. Weigh in on this issue in Australia, the, the broadcast issue. It's I didn't realise that being sports was gone from... From the platform, you know, from yeah. the platform. So it'd be yeah. like they're so off. So you'd have to subscribe externally yes. to being yeah. sports. Yes. It's now on Amazon. Amazon picked it up last week, so you still have to subscribe to being right. sports. Well, I, I've got it, but it on you can my get little... it through Amazon. Oh, okay. I've got it on my little thing, on my little that yes. little box, right? Okay. So I just go yeah. being sports. Yeah. All right. Let's get to a break. All your calls and texts after this. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six, or have a chat with Bozza and I. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. You're with Bozza and the Missile. Copper copping a bit of attitude now, Bozza. Tourists is into us. Mark, are you? What have I done? We've got I calls, like that calls a bit. and texts. I, like, I like the Chinese oh. parliament that everyone has a bit of a say and you have a bit of you know accountability. Kind of like, you know, having accountability, a little bit opposite than the APL have. That that type of thing. I think that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, question for you, Bozza. Matt yeah. from Penrith says Hi Matt. Uh, do you think Football Australia and the Socceroos missed an opportunity in not approaching Jurgen Klinsmann? No, not at all. I, I think the job that Graham Arnold did at the last World Cup, he deserved to get a, a, a new contract. That was a fantastic achievement and a fantastic run. If it had been the opposite way, uh, that's what I think how the high stakes he was playing because he had a, obviously a right struggle um, throughout the qualifying campaign. But I think Football Australia done the right thing and stuck by him. And he came, you know, came good with that wonderful penalty shootout victory over Peru. Yeah. And uh, 
you know, I remember saying to somebody at the time, somebody said, what do you think with Arnie? And I, look, there's mm. a lot of people in our game for whatever reason that don't like him. Um, I mean, I don't, I can understand why, but it's hard uh, as well because I know him. I've known him since I've been 14 years of age. It's also hard uh, to understand where they're coming from. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of that was to do with the Ange Postacoglu and him rivalry sort of thing. I think a lot mm. of people thought when Ange left that, you know, that that Arnie in some type of way, what they call it, wider antonym, which he didn't. Mm. You know, Ange wanted to leave, simple as that. So uh, I don't I don't think, and I remember saying to a friend of mine at the time, he said, what about Arnie for the World Cup? I said, I think it's quite simple. If, if he gets knocked out and they get heavily beaten in the first round, he needs to go. But if they get past the, the group stage, uh, he deserves a new contract. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I mean that was that was fantastic. Well, it was just over a year ago. Uh, and they pushed the eventual world champions quite, you know, quite hard mm. as well. So a lot of people don't like the style of football that he plays, but that's that's another debatable thing because even with, with Ange, who played wonderful football and plays wonderful style of football, it's very difficult, especially in Asia, when you've got teams who automatically put, you know, 11 people behind the ball and they're happy to basically bore you to, to death, you know? So it's very, very difficult when you come up against teams like that. Um, so we'll see, like I said to you, we'll see, but I don't think we missed an opportunity. No, uh, skip from Robertson said, uh, been, hey, some, great, been some great yarns. Uh, boss up was Robbie actually a good player. Robbie was an exceptional player. You don't win a premier league medal. If you're not an exceptional player, exceptional player. And like I said, it was him and Chris Sutton. That was the difference that year for them winning the title. And, and, uh, and like I said, if you, if you really want to have a look at it from, you know, in People might say you're biased. Yeah, but you can ask Robbie this. I mean, me and him have regular fallouts. We've only started talking again the last month and a bit after after quite a period of... And the same when I've been with Arnie. Sometimes, you know, you, you're close and you have fallouts and all that. So, um, but you just look now, you know, if you look at, if you look at say, let's just say players from Asia in general, there are not many who can turn around and say, uh, this Park G, uh, Park G Son obviously is an excellent player, but... Um, no, the one from the one that used to play for Manchester United, yeah, I think it was Park, yeah, Park. He's yeah. got a Premier League medal. How many other players from Australia? Well, if you want to say from Australia, really, there's Craig Johnson. That was the old First Division, who's who was just a hero of everyone's and inspired us all. Oh, we had a question there's yesterday Robbie, asking, and there's Robbie outfield. The only two outfield players are Robbie and Craig Johnson. There was a question yesterday asking if Mark Schwarzer would have got one for his year. At I Chelsea. don't know. I think. In in our time, you had to play ten games, mm. yeah. Um, and I think that year, I don't know if he would have got one because he didn't play any games for Leicester, and he was only six months in the year at Chelsea when Chelsea won under Antonio Conte and didn't play mm. no games either. So I don't think he would have. They might have got him one, you know, a replica. Sort of like, well, just you know, when you feel sorry for one, the the you know the charity award you do at the end of the season, yeah. you go like yeah, the, you know, encouragement award. I doubt it, but knowing Schwartz, I think he probably wouldn't have taken it. Can I ask you a question? It was sort of off the back of what you were saying about your relationship with Robbie. We've had Robbie yeah. in and we I've worked with you guys and we've all sort of working together yeah. now. Is there something about football fans, yeah. ex-players, players, they're so passionate about their sport. Mm. Do you feel that you guys butt heads quite a lot more than what I guess other fans in other sports and ex-players do. It just maybe, feels yeah, maybe, that way. Maybe here, maybe here it's in Australia. It's not a bad way. Because it's, no, 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 so no. You're passionate maybe, about yeah, your maybe, opinions and maybe, what you want out of the sport. Maybe you got a point there, Brooksy. I've been back here, what now, 15 years. And maybe a little bit more in Australia. This is a smaller community. So a lot of people know everyone and so forth. And I think when it's a smaller community, 
that can sometimes be the case. And whereas, like I said, because it's so big over there in Europe and all that, a lot of people you don't, but so a lot of people you do have contact with, and mm. there's a lot of people that don't like you or disagree with you. And that's, that's all well and good. But as I say to everybody, I think Robbie touched on it yesterday. Um, you know, and it's so sad. Those people, some, some really good people lost their job this week because of decisions above them at the APL, some really good people and speaking to a few of them, the saddest thing is that a lot of them have just got to the point where for Australian football, where they're just thinking, oh, I'm going to go work in some other sport, just the spirits you. And I think this is what I think is a good example. So Robbie and I, like I said, had a period where we weren't speaking, but life's too short. Mm. You know, don't, it's like in a lot of times I've seen Australian football, somebody says or does something, unless it's something really ridiculous, obviously everyone's got their red lines, but you know, okay, have your little period, but then move on, you know, have your little period, move on. And unless, you know, and you've seen it now or else people are going to come and take advantage of you. And you've seen it now this week. I mean, that news that came on is absolutely extraordinary that an organization as Australian football has become, and remember, I want people to clearly separate this from Football Australia because they want it to be separate, the, the APL. That that they were bought out by Silver Lake, I think was a real credit. That's a that's a great credit to them. For some people say 140 million Australian dollars, some people say 120 million dollars. That people are coming and saying, and by the way, I must emphasize, this hasn't been totally confirmed, although there's been about six people have said it to me, that that money is gone after two years. And not only that, there's people, real people, people that you know, that I know, uh, that have lost their jobs. And are now, I mean, there's there'd be no worse feeling in life. And now struggling, you know, basically, and looking at the sport in this type of manner is really, it's, it's just not on. And I think that's got more of a chance to happen of things being like that when people are divided rather than united. So many people have got so, so many answers. And I've asked those questions before. And maybe we won't hear those answers. Another people, the person on Twitter saying to me, it's a private company. They don't have to answer anything. Now, under law, that may be true, but this is a public sport. Okay. So the unwritten law, in my opinion, when you, especially with your people that mean the most, which are the fans, is that you've got a moral responsibility to be as transparent as you possibly can, especially when... This is what the APL campaigned on against the, the, the past Football Federation Australia, that they weren't transparent enough. Well, you know, if that money's gone, where has it gone? And as I said to you, where, where? Just, you know, maybe they're going through the books right now as we speak and they don't actually know, but it's not looking particularly well, is it? And all these people at the time, and I mentioned names the other day, and, you know, a lot of those names that you that I mentioned, you know, um, you know, Danny Townsend or football Zend, as I call him, you know, and the way that they had the environment, this ant Hearn or whatever. Yeah. You know, even Richard Bayless, who we know very well, I mean, he, he was their head, uh, head of keep I've read on one of these articles for quite some time, but he left a year ago, but I want to know, like, you know, I, I feel as though I'm a fan. I've not been involved in the local game for the last three years, but I'm hurting, right. Watching this. It's like, you know, and when you hear people then saying to you, you know what, you know, they don't know what's going to happen. Is the game going to buddy? Is it going to survive, Brooksy? Are they going to have to wind it down? You think so? Like, what is going on? And all of this, people have sort of like sort of pushed this to the side. I think I think Marky and 
missile because they're so you know silver lake are one of the biggest private equity firms in the world they're one of the original investors in uber yeah what about their money so if if that is true if that is true and i emphasize that if that is true but i've been told is that that 140 million that they've invested for a third of the competition that means the a-league owe them that money mm. I don't know about you guys and anyone who's listening, but I think AFL, who are a mega sport, I think they'd struggle to pay that type of money back within five years or so. It's a lot of money. Yeah. Of, like, yeah. Yeah. And like I said to you, maybe there's a, there's a reason. Uh, and Football Australia, obviously being the guardians of the game, we'll, have to, we'll be forced to come out and say something originally. But I feel sorry for them. It's a difficult situation for them now. They've unbundled. They're separate. They're doing well. All right? And they're looking at, at, at this APL... And I know for a fact that they've tried to help over the years and they've been sort of rebuffed, you know, and arrogantly so, which is like, this is sort of like, this is what a lot of people are like saying, you know, Schadenfreude in terms of what's going on. Um, but they've got to be careful there because you have to have a domestic league or else the Socceroos and Matildas could be in threat. You have to have a domestic league under, under FIFA law. And you want that because that's where your future Matildas and Socceroos are going to come from. But... What about if they come in and bail them out, but then all of a sudden they're stumped with it? You know, they've got to be very, very careful here how they do this. Very, very careful. Big light, in my opinion, not a small light. Big light at the end of the tunnel. Stephen Conroy, good man, good operator. Hopefully he can sort this out. Uh, Boz, plenty of texts and calls to get to. We'll jump into some of those straight after the break. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home. Uh, Rooster Rufus says, hey, Boz, uh, after I win Powerball tomorrow night, I'll pay the $140 million debt and still have $10 million left. Yeah. On ya. On ya. <laughs> on ya, Rusto. Yeah. I would too, mate. If I had billions, I would. I'd go, look, there you go. There's a loan for the game. There you go. Yeah. All but right. I, I would say also, I want certain people no, never to be anywhere near Australian football ever again. Keep, uh, unless they come clean, then we'll think about it. Simple keep texting us throughout the show. 0457 736 736. You're on the Summer Run Home with Bozza and the Missile. We're into the final hour of the Summer Run Home. Thanks to wow. Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on now. Welcome to the listeners joining us from the SEN track stations across New South Wales, Queensland and the ACT. Remember, you can find us on YouTube. Just search Joel and Fletch SEN and subscribe today. Uh, massive first two hours, Bozza. Uh, we talked about your driving we talked about the APL, which has been a huge story. We'll oh. delve into that a little bit more. We spoke with Ian Healy about a massive game Should coming up tonight. Re, re, the Sixers rename and it the, the CPL. <laughs> Catastrophic. The, the Sixers and the Heat uh, meet tonight. Oh, yeah, in the tonight's BBL. final. We're watching that, you mate. You catch that and live and, and, here and we on We haven't SCN. talked much about you. Once again, you love that. I think uh, you do a very good job in talking about everything else but yourself. <laughs> the day will come, my friend. There's nothing when to talk about. When we will zoom in and focus. Yes, about. there is. I believe there's plenty. I can look in those eyes and that face and can see plenty. <laughs> and those stories will come out, but obviously not today. All right. The Hyundai dealership of the week uh, this week is Rami Al Niami and his team from McGrath Hyundai in Liverpool. Yes, that's where I grew up. Have you ever Liverpool. been to the Hyundai the, dealership? Uh, no, but I will next time because mum and dad are still out there. Yeah. Beautiful. There so I'll be out there. Beautiful. Rami, uh, the, Rami, yeah. I'll be out there. I'll go. Rami, soon, yeah. yeah. Tomorrow's car is in stock today. Contact Rami and his team to test drive the all-new Hyundai Kona. I'm coming to test drive old. Yeah. Well, you'd drive very slowly. It'd have be a long test drive. Well, they should be happy with that, right? What do you want? Like a speedster coming in and driving it? They could crash it. Bozo will take care of your car. <laughs> the Hyundai i30 sedan hybrid will undercut the most affordable Toyota Corolla hybrid 
uh, when it arrives here later this month. Okay, so hybrid means half electricity, half half petrol. petrol. Well, that's yeah. I, I, I had a, did I told you? Did I? Yeah, that, yeah. Had me trial with the electrical car. It was very good. All right, Bozza, we spoke to Robbie yesterday about 1994. Bob. Uh, at Blackburn. Yeah. Uh, all right, first we've got to take a call. Roosterman. Oh, okay. Roosterman, he's been waiting so oh, patiently. Oh, Roosterman. Roosterman, say good day to Bozza. He's been waiting so patiently, Mark. He's, he's been waiting so patiently. Not that patient. He's silent. All right. Enough of that. We spoke yesterday with uh, Robbie about 1994. Yep. We want to speak to you today about 1999. Right. When you left Aston Villa and headed back to Manchester yes. United. Yes. Uh, you signed for a, f- uh, a free transfer from yes. Villa. So how did that work? Well, basically, I come to the end of my contract. So uh-huh. uh, I'll, I'll repeat as I, what I said in the negotiations to um, Sir Alex and the chairman at the time at Manchester United. Um, who was Martin Edwards? Um, normally, for somebody of of my caliber, let's just say that my level, goalkeeper at that time, I said the market rate would have been probably eight million pounds in transfers, plus he would have to pay me probably one point five million pounds a year uh, in wages. So for four years, let's say, I said to them, I remember saying to them, so for four years that would be something in the range of fourteen million that would yeah. cost you pounds. So the boss, I said, well, okay, uh, give me 12 and we'll call it quits. That's all. Simple as that. So we haggled and this, that, and the other, but that's, that's how it came about. I was always a little bit reluctant to go back, but I just had that deep seated thing inside me. I had unfinished business because I had to leave. So I couldn't get a work permit. So I had to leave. Um, but always, like I said to you, was, was always a little bit, like I said, never go back and this, that, and the other. And I pretty much agreed to deal with Roma with, um, uh, with Capello, who was going to take over at Roma at the time. Uh, and then right last minute, had a wonderful offer from Juventus and Liverpool as well. Um, Gerard Julio was going to, or just taken over at Liverpool, mm. the late Gerard Julio, who was really, really nice. But I just wanted to go and complete what I first set out to do, which is to, to win the big one, the Premier League medal. Wonderful to get that bonus of winning the Intercontinental Cup, which is now called the World Club Championship, the first British team to do that. Um, and... Uh, it was like I said to you, it was always great playing. For, and I think any person who plays for a team sport will say that it's great playing for a team that, you know, not, not 90% of the games, not 95, not 99, that pretty much a hundred percent of the games that you went on that pitch, knowing that you were going to win. Mm. That was, it was a different pressure in itself, the expectation, but I'll take that rather than going on the pitch, having to win to stay up. What you know, about the yeah. pressure for you personally? So you took over from oh, Peter yeah. Schmeichel, who that was, was obviously that was an very honor. well known. Absolute honour. Absolute honour to take over. And yeah, we talk about pressure. You know, when you see people, um, you know, we, which you did come across regularly and, you know, who unfortunately had certain type of problems or you went to hospitals to visit or you heard of people that, you know, had just lost their job and they've got three or four kids and mortgages to pay. That is mm. real pressure. Yeah. This was just... You know, this was just a dream come true, really. Yeah. That's real pressure, mate. And that was always very good, in my opinion, of the club. I mean, it's up to the individual after, but the club, you make sure that you go visit these people who are less off. Some of the, you know, and look, you only have to turn on the nightly news now, right? Mm. To see what's going on around the world to realize how lucky we are, and especially how lucky we are to be in this great country. Uh, so you'd rejoined your old teammate, Dwight York. Yeah! That must have been <laughs> a perk of the job. He's coming back here in April. He told me the other night, too. Yeah. So I think we might try to arrange, Booksy, we'll get to, to try try to arrange a night, maybe at Crown Casino or Star City. Um, we'll get we'll get 
I don't know, I'll miss I could do it or myself, mm -hmm. like someone like Adam Peacock or Max Rushton, we'll get somebody to interview like a night with Dwight. So he's coming back down here because his court case, he originally won and it's been appealed uh, against MacArthur. Mm. Uh, he's coming down, the hearing's going to be down here. So, um, but he, yeah, he's coming back. But yeah, he was there. Look, when I was originally contacted from Manchester United, which is about a season and a half before, it was by my old youth team manager. Uh, he's passed away now, a lovely chap called Eric Harrison. Mm -hmm. uh, this is the guy, Brooksy, that, <laughs> when I say lovely chap, right? <laughs> If you turned your back on somebody tried to strike the ball in our team, A team was like under 18s, B team was under 17s, right? I went there as a 16 year old. So I used to play for A team and B team at the start. And Eric was a tough, tough man from Yorkshire. And he had this rule that if you turn your back, Marky, when somebody tried to strike the ball and took your eye off it, mm. on the Monday morning at the end of training, he'd make you hang from the crossbar. <laughs> oh, like a firing <laughs> like, squad. Like, and everyone was on the edge of the box with balls, you know, that was blast balls and you couldn't move your head. You had to keep your head. So if one hit you straight in the face. Uh. So anyway, so I used to speak to him all the time. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know what they say about show me your friends, I'll show you Marky. There you go. I used to speak to him all the time. Echo used to call him. Hey, Echo, how you going, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> all right, lad. Okay, yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> he goes, he goes, uh, what are you up to? I said, nothing much. Why? He goes, you're doing well. I said, oh, well, thank you. I said, I heard you are as well. And he goes, uh, what about your mate? I said, who? Which one? He said, Yorkie. I said, what about him? He goes, well, would he be interested in coming to us? I said, bastard, you can't do that. Like, you know, I was winding him up. I knew he could. I knew Yorkie would like, yeah, be salivating when I told him. I said, you can't. He said, don't give us your crap. Just tell us the trust. I said, look, I can ask him. I said, but you know, this is not really the correct thing to do. It was like giving me stick in that. Bro. I said, listen, I'll ask him. I said, the thing is, we've got a great team here, mate. And we really believe that we're on the cusp of winning something, you know? Mm. He goes, yeah, but you're still not ready to win a Champions League. He was right. Mm. Right, yeah. And then right at the end of that, just like he threw it in. And I'm not so sure. He reckons afterwards that he was, that Fergie was listening to him when he was saying this. He goes, and what about yourself? I said, forget about me. He goes, I said, well, why? I said, because I'm not coming back there after what, you know, you promised me something when I was there. You didn't deliver. I'm not coming back then. Besides, it looks as though I've already signed for somewhere else. And he goes, where? I said, none of your business, but it's not in this country. That's what I just told him, yeah? Yeah. So anyway, so that's how it started. Yeah, that's how it started. And then I went to see Yorkie that afternoon. I told him what happened. And I said to Yorkie, look, I said, this is the classic, right? <laughs> Listen, this book's it, right? I go to Yorkie. So it was about, it was in the afternoon, about four o'clock. And me and him were down to go to dinner that night anyway, six o'clock. Uh, funny enough, with his agent, right? Tony Stevens, who also had like Alan Shearer and people like this, right? So with his agent, yeah? And I, so I said to Yorkie, I said, listen, mate, I'm just telling you exactly what happened. The phone call and this, that, and the other. And one thing in the phone call, I said, one thing I said, Eric said, he, he asked, could you please not tell your agent for the time being? Yorker's going, yeah, no problem. So then I remember, <laughs> we go, I turned up at the restaurant and the first thing, first thing that Tony Stevens, his agent says, what about that phone call you had from Eric? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yorker, yeah, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, that's how it all that's how it all started. And I don't want to go into too much detail. So I'll, I'll keep that up my sleeve just in case I do happen to do a book. But that's pretty much how it all started. And Yorkie went there. Um, what are you owing about? Yeah? No, I'm thinking about the book. This is gold. Yeah, but this yeah. is gold for you here, buddy. Yeah, I know oh, it's yeah, gold. Right. But... Uh, Yorkie, they won the treble. I mean, it was it only surpassed, mm. not surpassed, only equaled last season by Manchester City. It was a wonderful achievement. Unbelievable achievement. Because that season, that was the season before I went there didn't really start that well. And Arsenal had won the season before as well. They were in awesome form. And they just slowly, slowly sort of started to get going. I always remember them, excuse me, losing the Middlesbrough at home around Christmas time. 
And Fergie wasn't there, I think, because um, I think somebody close to him had maybe passed away or whatever. And right. then they just started winning, mate. They started winning and started winning, started winning. Then they had that amazing uh, run. They, they beat Juventus in the Champions League semi final, which was amazing because Juventus had been their real bogey team. They beat Arsenal in the replay in the FA Cup at Villa Park. I went to watch that. It was just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. um, I remember Schmeichel saving a penalty against Dennis Burkham, which would have finished it. Roy Keane had been sent off, and then Ryan Giggs got the ball from Patrick Vieira on the halfway line an extra time. And they'd be playing game after game. It becomes a real slog. And he went around about five or six players and roofed it. You could just tell things what things were happening for them. Yeah. And even in the league, you know, they had to win the last day of the season. They went 1-0 down to Spurs. They won it. Uh, then they, they beat Newcastle comfortably uh, in the FA Cup final. But th those who remember that 19, was it 1999 European Champions League final against Bayern Munich, they were down 1-0 with about, it was only about two minutes or something to go. And amazingly, they, they scored two goals in that time. So it was it proved the right. And coming back to what I said about Robbie being one of the major differences for Blackburn winning the title, one of the major, the major, major differences because they spent £12 million on him. At that time, was a record fee in Britain was Dwight going there. You know, they'd got Yap Stam, yes, and, and another player from Sweden called uh, Jesper Blomqvist, uh, who were both outstanding. Mm. But the big one was was Yorkie. You know, he was absolutely amazing for him. So um, good move. When you signed, you also signed with uh, two other keepers. So it was three of you, all, all went at the same time. No, no, I, another goalkeeper came in when, when I started to get injuries at the start. That was Massimo T. But who's the other one? Uh, Bartes. No, Bartes came after. This is after the season, after me and the boss unfortunately fell out. He came in to replace me. Yeah? Okay. But yeah, but that was at the end of the that was at the end of the season. Yeah. But yeah, during the season, when I started had some injury problems at the beginning, Fergie went and signed Massimo TV. Lovely lad, but poor thing. <laughs> he um mind you, the the one they've got right now, Nana's made some real you know, it it it's it's hard for a goalkeeper because you make a mistake, invariably it's gonna be a goal. Mm. But there are mistakes and there are bloopers and um poor thing he made one against southampton funny enough do you remember day. some of these marks? i was gonna say they're, yeah. they're, massimo taibi in the footballing yeah. premier league world he's known for that one incident yeah it's yeah. it's all you over describe it sorry for him um it, it well basically him. i think it was i don't know who hit it. i think it was might have been matt letizia yeah i think it was yeah so matt letizia hit it and basically to be honest the divot that he took when he hit the ball went quicker than the than the shot right right uh, so it was just bobbling along. And I, I still, I remember watching it on the bench. Going, I don't know how he's done that. You don't, you don't wish that upon anyone. Seriously. I was like, what? I was like, wow, what the hell? But like I said to you, Anana this season, unfortunately for himself. And Anana was out. Andre Anana was outstanding last season for Inter Milan. Helped get them to the final of the Champions League. Uh, they, they, uh, they won. I think they won the league. Yeah, they won the league. Was it, was it them or not? But they, they won the. They won Serie A. Didn't Inter won the Serie A. Napoli won Serie A. Inter, no, got, Napoli to won, Inter got to the. Uh, Inter won the cup. I'm sure they won Ooh, the cup. Had. Yeah. Um, uh, and they're, they're top of the table right now. He was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. But he's been letting in goals. Like a lot of people are like, what the hell's going on? Type of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, back, Manchester United. If you talk about the lads. Overall, really good bunch of lads. Uh, you know, obviously there's always a little bit of infighting when, especially with that many egos going around, a lot of testosterone as well. Mm. But in general, it was uh, like I said, when everyone went past the white line, it was like you know, all for one and one for all, which was very good as well. Mm. Uh, but excellent team as well. You got to remember Manchester United at that time were by far and away the richest club in the world. Yeah, you know there was. I, I, I'm trying to think back around that time. I don't think there was any state ownership. It was only Abramovich came in. That wasn't state ownership. That was somebody who was a yeah. 
might have been very oligarch. closely associated with the start, but he's an oligarch, <laughs> yeah. And then obviously the then Man City lot and all that. But this is just goes to show for me, I actually welcome all this. As long as it's not something like I said to you that you sort of think, oh, hang on a minute. I actually welcome all this. It just goes to show the power and the basically the, the want of people to be involved in what I consider because I'm biased, uh, the greatest sporting competition in the world. So I think that was all, all, all good will, but Man United, they're still up there, but they were by far and away, you know, by far. And before the Glazers brought them, a lot of that money that they made profits, a lot of money they make profit now goes to paying off interest to what the Glazers borrowed to buy the club. Okay. 25% of the club has been sold to a British millionaire called Sir Jim Radcliffe, mm -hmm. who owns a company called, I think it's called Enios. Um, he made his money from Petro chemical um and he's taken 25 percent of the club on the precondition that he runs the football department so already he's making some changes so hopefully because it's been a really tough period for manchester united over these over these last 10 years and a lot of them turn back and say it's you know because we haven't got the same financial spending power because the majority of of the profits that we made have to go on the interest mm. on the money that's been loaned to buy to buy the club yeah did you have any crossover with Bartez? What's yes, he like yes. as a guy? He's lovely, Fabian. He was lovely, absolutely lovely. He, so he, he was came... that man you quite a while after that, wasn't he? Uh, I think three years. I think three years. I think yeah. something like that. But he was he was lovely. He was absolutely. He went out with um, what was the name? The supermodel, one of those famous supermodels. Really? Yeah. Uh, what are you thinking? You know, the the same famous, guy? I wouldn't have thought he was no, the best you know, the, looking no, dude. No, but you know, the, the, there was those famous sort of, you know, the, the big six they called. Like called whatever. Kate like Moss. Naomi Campbell. Yeah, I think Kate Moss was one of them. I think Elena Chris, Christensen. Yeah, I th it was one, like, it was one like that. Yeah, Linda it was one Evangelista. Of them. It might have been that one, is it? Yeah. Linda there you go. There you go. What was her name? Linda Evangelista. There you go, buddy. And what was I Sounds going to look like up as well? I was about <laughs> to look up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, the models, I think you were. No, not the models. No, I don't want to look up that. No, that was after the show. No, it was something else I was going to look up. While you were playing for Man United, Bozza, uh, you came back and played against the Socceroos. How did that work? Uh, well, we, and this is, I remember, we were negotiating during that time and that and whatsoever. And I remember like, Fergie saying, oh, we're going to go to Australia as well and blah, blah, blah. I think they were just saying that to attract me. I was like, oh, whatever. I don't care where you, I don't care where you go. And I just want to, you know, I want to make sure that I, that I get what I deserve. Yeah, as simple as that. But that was, uh, that was, um, yeah, that was, uh. A, a chap that had made that happen, I think he's passed away now, was a chap over here called Rene Rifkin. Oh, I yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because we I remember Bates. going on his on his boats. And, uh, and when I say I remember, the whole team went on the boat. So mm. before anyone starts, yeah, mm. the whole team. Um, we played two games. We played one at the MCG. Uh, was, I, remember, I always remember that was, was like the bumpiest pitch ever. But it was great. Mm. It was packed out. And we played one here. But I think they were against, for some reason, the Aussies only played their under-23 side. Don't know why that was, but it was, it was good. It was just, um, it was unfortunate. There was, um, an incident in the second game. Mm. Like there was a sort of like a coming together of two players with Andy Cole. And I think it was a chap called Simon Colosimo. <laughs> yeah, spot on. And it's, and it yeah. injured him. So that was, that, that was, yeah. You don't like to see injuries like that in any game, but, but it was good to be back here. It was good. It was really good to like to the come back. A lot of traveling. We went from there to, uh, China. Uh, then to, I think it was Singapore or Hong Kong. No, Hong Kong. Hong Kong, there you go. Because that was a big thing, late 90s, early 2000s, yeah. the tours, right? Yeah, but it's just that we got back literally, I would say it was like a week before the the, the charity shield. Yeah. And, you know, the time zones. And I, we spoke about that before from a sporting yeah, it's physiology. Tough. It's hard, mate. 
because you were still getting over jet lag and all of a sudden you, you, we're playing at Wembley against Arsenal, who beat us, by the way. Then you got the opening game seven days later. You still feel as though you're a little bit... Now, I know because, like I said, clubs, they get a lot of money for these trips and they'll turn around and say, all right, we'll take a cut in your wages. And people go, oh, okay. But, um, yeah, I remember Sir Alex didn't come. Scholesy didn't come. Bex didn't come. Uh, Giggsy came. I always remember Giggsy came. Uh, who else? Yorkie was there, obviously. Andy Cole came. Um, Roy Keane didn't come. <laughs> Yeah, so um, squad. We're just yeah. looking at some of the names: Gary yeah. Neville, David Beckham, Andy uh, Cole, Sheringham, I'm not, Giggs, so, I'm not sure. Scholes. I'm not sure. I think if I think York. did Gary Neville come? He might not have come either. There was about six, and the manager didn't come. The manager didn't come. It was I always remember when it was at one of those opening dinners, <laughs> and Martin Ed was the chairman of the club, done a speech, and then the late that Rene Rifkin got up and sort of give us a bit of a serve, you know? Because yeah, sort of Sir Alex didn't come. Uh, and, and all these players. Yeah, the like, players. He sort of got up and sort of said like, you know, oh, there you go. Welcome here, Manchester United. And, uh, you know, something like, you know, when you're having your dinner tonight, you know, only have half because that's all you've brought, half your squad. I was like, <laughs> people were like, okay, yeah. yeah. I was like, okay, whatever, yeah. So, um, but that was like, it was, great. it was great. It was great to be able to come back to your home country with one of the teams that you play. I think Timmy Cahill did it with Everton as well. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was nice. That was, that was really nice. I'm sure, I don't know if Leeds, did Leeds come here when Dukes and Harry mm. Kuehl and that were playing? I think Schwartz said uh, that Fulham came once and played up in um, Queensland. I'm sure, he, I'm sure he said that once before. Yeah, but um, but yeah. But yeah, they, they, they were very, very good days. And also... Um, you know, it's one of those things, like I said, I guess when you're growing up, you don't think about, I want to go play for, like, for example, you're playing basketball. So I'm sure Luke Longer didn't think to himself, I want to play for the Chicago Bulls and tour back to Australia. Mm. But if it happens, it's absolutely brilliant. But there's always, you know, you just my dream after seeing Craig Johnson lift that FA Cup was to win a trophy at Wembley and then to win the first division as it was there. And I was very lucky to have done that. Very, very lucky. And I want Australian boys and girls to have concrete opportunities all right not concrete what's that but concrete opportunities to also fulfill those dreams mm. because it's absolutely wonderful i can't describe to you the feeling that you have and this is where when we talked about before about what's going on with the, the game at the top that it you know i was speaking to so many people this week and the one constant has been like this 40 years round and round and round and round and round and round and you know and again you know this this is like i said to you this is different. Generations are going on. It's the most popular played sport in the country. It needs to be sorted out and sorted out quick smart. All right. After the break, we'll get to BP to give us an Australian Open update. Welcome back to the Run Home Summer Edition with Bozza and the Missile. Uh, we're going to talk to Brett Phillips in just a second, Bozza. A lot of text coming through um, talking about your time at Manchester United. Marvelous. Just to finish off that story. <laughs> Basically, I don't want to give away too much. You guys romped because, at home yeah. that season. You won by eighteen. Yeah, points. it was a re- so, it was the record record points total up and up until I think four years ago. Manchester. How many Manchester games did you lose in the whole year? Three in the league. That's all. Three in the league. Out uh, of how many would there have been? Say, oh, 38. thirty eight. Yeah, thirty eight. Uh, only three in the league, and we got knocked out of the league cup early. But that was with a second team, and we didn't partake in the FA Cup because that was the first year of the World Club Championship, and we got. Unfortunately, I wasn't playing, but uh, I did in the first league. Knocked out three two by Real Madrid in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Mm. Yeah. So, um, but would yeah, they, Man, would they say 18, to you, we wanted eighteen points clear? I think Man, Man City yeah, wanted by nineteen points clear. That was about three years ago. Yeah. Would they say to you, "Hey, Bozza, we've got, I don't know, 50, 60 games this year. 
do you have a preference of playing in these EPL no. games, Champions League no. or FA Cup? No. They no. tell you what you're no. playing. They, they, yeah, basically. How do they pick who to rest when? They have their own ways. And a lot of it will come down to, even back then, it would come down to number one data, but then data backed up by somebody's eyes in, say, say Sir Alex or at other clubs that manage so you so look he can, tired. Yeah, so basically, or, uh, yeah, or you might look great. You know, you, I might yeah. say, by the way, I've looked at your data this last week, uh, uh, Miss Sol, but um, it, you should be having a rest, but you look phenomenal. How do you feel? Mm. And you get phenomenal. So that's where, you know, no matter how much you get stats and data and all that, you always need, in my opinion, an expert, somebody who's got vast experience. They may not always be right, but nor is data as well. Mm. To make that, but the biggest expert, in my opinion, is the athlete. You know, if you've got that relationship with the athlete and you know that athlete, um, you know, I think that is the best to get feedback. And the athlete is something you know. It's like when, especially when a young athlete, you don't want to say you're tired or no. whatever. You want somebody to actually say, you know what, you're tired. Yeah. you're resting, rather than so because you want you know you want to sort of you know be like you know macho man like to, not macho man you know what i mean but you know like you want to be like you don't want to show any weakness no exactly yeah. that's a great that's a great way to put it that's a great way to put it so they they would do that but they would turn around or sometimes they might just you know depends and depends on the, on the game and the situation sometimes they just you know if you're not having a good time but they might just turn around and say maybe it's time for you to take a spell like <laughs> yeah uh, i heard the, the funniest story this is a story that i heard from Anthony Crea, who was the fitness coach of the 2006 Socceroos. <laughs> so apparently after they uh, they drew with Croatia, they got through, right? Germany, yeah. But Jelko Kalic, who, by the way, was a fantastic goalkeeper. Trust me, I know he didn't have a good game that game, but in that game, when what happened happened, yeah, um, he turned around, uh, Anthony Crea told me that um, Gus had gone to the dressing room, was congratulating everyone, Mr., you know, Mr. Lowy was there and this, that, and the other, and... I think I think even maybe the prime minister at the time, John Howard, was there. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, they'd all gone past, and Jelko was there, and, and um, <laughs> Gus Hiddink apparently just went up to him and just tapped him on the head and just said, "I think that would do for this tournament for you, son." That's what, you know what I mean. So sometimes you, that that it, that comes down to the way the manager wants to manage it mm. when things are perhaps aren't going as well. But from a fitness perspective, from a goalkeeper's perspective, it's more from a mental perspective because you know getting tired mentally. Sometimes can be harder, you know. That's when well, people was say you're playing in that game in Notch. I don't know. I wasn't there, so I don't know. But uh, I was just saying how people can can treat yeah. can treat um can you know can treat different situations. Yeah. Well, you know, if you make it if you make a blunder, but it doesn't mean if it was Sir Alex or Ron Atkinson that I had or Brian Little or John Gregory, um, you know, any of those, Claudio Ranieri, you know, if you didn't play well and you weren't playing the following game, you knew why. Mm. Simple as that, but that's okay. That's, you know, that that's just the way that's sport. You got to accept that and, and move on with it. Like I said, you're coming back to what we said before about moving on with things, you know, about the Australian football community. We have, sometimes a lot of people find it very difficult to do so. Um, but you must, you must. Okay. All right. We, it's kind of like, you know, you got to take that. What well, I grew up, you know, in, in my part of the West of Sydney, I had a lot of really good Australian friends and they had a bit of a, you know, they'd have, they'd say have a dust up and then we'll go have a beer together. You've got to have that little bit of about you. Yeah. Mm. Because or not, or else you're just going to stay stuck. And this goes for life as well. You're going to stay st stuck back. You know, a lot of people remember things. A lot of people will say, oh, well, what about if this happened to, okay, okay. Remember, but number one, if somebody's done something to you, that means that doesn't mean their whole family or their whole people or that have done it to you. You know, because if you remain and you hold that bitterness onto you, I believe you eat yourself from the inside. Yeah. So I think that's very, very important. And a lot of that you learned from sport. It was like, okay, 
You know, I, even if you play great, I play great in the weekend, but Wednesday's a different game, especially in my position as a goalkeeper. Mm. You could be brilliant, start swanning around on a Wednesday, you cop two, three your legs, you won't be too popular. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While we've been chatting, Boz, of the Australian Open's going yeah. in the background. It is... Uh, it. They're into the fifth set, surprisingly. Oh, so it's time now for this. Time now for an Australian Open update with Brett Phillips. BP, can you give us a quick update on this game on right now? Medvedev is certainly being pushed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hubie Herkac, uh, the big man from Poland, he's got... Uh, the King of Poland, well, he's dressed as the King of Poland in the crowd. They're the best dressed, uh, the Polish uh, fans. They go to uh, some length. Uh, they had the world number one on the women's side for a little while before she was bundled out, Igor Fiontek. But, yeah, Hukac, um, he's trying to get a breakthrough here. Uh, you know, Medvedev's obviously won a US Open and been to a couple of Australian Open finals. And Hukac is, um, you know, trying to upstage him. He's been inside the top ten. We've gone to a fifth set. It's, uh, yeah, delicately poised uh, right now in the early stages. So... Yes, I'm glad they started on time uh, today. And no legends, no disrespect to the legends. Uh, they're a big part of the tournament. But uh, if you're going to put them on before a couple of quarterfinals, it'll delay the whole night session. We've got a five-setter here. So luckily we're going to finish on time. And, and Leighton Hill will be inducted into the Australian Tennis Hall of Fame again oh, well uh, tonight. That's brilliant. Yeah, which is going to be brilliant. So who will the winner of this game take on in the semis? Yeah, so the winner of tonight, Carlos Alcaraz and uh, Alexander Zverev, who will be the second up in the night session. I mean, that's going to be an outstanding clash. I mean, Alcaraz is, uh, well, I mean, what more can I say? At such a young age, he's just doing incredible things in the sport. He might break all the records when it's all said and done. And, you know, big Sasha Zverev, the big German. He's got a bit going on off court as well. Um, and uh, he's been able to sort of compartmentalise that and just play some gritty tennis in this tournament. He's won a couple of big five setters that have gone four, four and a half hours. But... He's going to need to have the legs tonight because Carlos can play any shot on the tennis court. He'll work him over time. Zverev's got the big serve, of course, and tough to break. Um, but, yeah, that should be a, a good battle. I've had a couple of good battles in the past. And what are the conditions like? Looks looks hot. Yeah, nice. Yeah, it was hotter yesterday, yeah. uh, but it's still um, was a little warm uh, today. But, yeah. yeah, I mean, certainly in that bowl of Rod Laver Arena, um, you know, the, yeah, the court can get pretty hot. But generally it's been... Okay, today, not quite okay. the temperatures that, you know, Djokovic and Fritz were playing in yesterday. Yeah, when we were talking to you yesterday, Djokovic was mid-match against Fritz and he was looking, he was looking a little bit grumpy, but he turned it around. He, he turned up the heat on Fritz and, and ended up getting it done in I four. I think his condition is phenomenal for, for somebody his age. Djokovic, yeah, um, oh, he looks unbelievable. amazing. Remember at the start of his career, the problems he used to have when yeah. he got into the later sets, remember? Yeah. yeah. He's uh, phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it was pretty flaky. Pretty flaky, was it back in the day? But yeah. he's a finely tuned, uh, finely tuned athlete now. Who can? Yeah, I think there's a bit of cat and mouse in that, a little bit of gamesmanship. And uh, but when it's all said and done, he steps up at the crucial points. It's just incredible. I mean, we've just watched this guy for so many years. We know what scripts about to unfold with Djokovic. And right now, as we get towards the business end, he's still uh, the man to catch, and they've got to try and find a way to go the distance with him. They can. They can rally with him. They can hit with him. Sinner and Alcaraz, these guys. I mean, Alcaraz has beaten him in a Wimbledon final, so there's proof that you can wear him down over five. But, you know, Djokovic won the other three slams uh, last year at a 36. It's, you know, phenomenal what he's still doing. Uh, Sinner, straight sets over Rublev. So impressive. Yeah. Is he the man that could, I mean, throw the cut amongst the pigeons between, say, Alcaraz and, and Joker? 
Yeah, I'm excited about this clash uh, on uh, on Friday because Yannick's been the, probably the best performed player in the tournament. Hasn't dropped a set. He's it's uh, his presence in the court. Uh, we got to see it up close in the SEM bunker last uh, night. You know, they're right there in front of you. And, you know, there's not a lot of meat on the bones, but, gee, the big wingspan, he digs the ball out of the corners, he goes on the offensive. He stands inside that baseline, which is, you know, intimidating for his opposition player who knows that he's going to take the ball early, he's going to push him around. And, you know, he's become such a good volleyer too now, you know, with Darren Cale uh, working pretty hard with him on that. So, yeah, he's a great young guy. I mean, you know, he could have been a... Olympic skier potentially for the northern uh, part of Italy there, and he chose tennis. We're happy about that, and he's uh, you know, he's destined to win a Grand Slam, be world number one. He's going to be right at the pointy end for a long time. But hey, this is the litmus test: can he beat Djokovic on what he really is his home away from home at Melbourne Park, and you know disrupt a ten-time champion? Uh, yeah, we're just, we're excited about the prospect of what that could look like on uh, Friday, not without a chance. And then on the women's side of the draw, uh, we've got Boz's favourite player, Sabalenka. She was dominant. Um, she's through to the semifinals as well. He's talking about himself there. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't even raised a sweat, yeah. the defending champion. Uh, she spent no more than about just over an hour on court, fresh as a daisy. And yeah, look, you always feel like the, the game's on her racket because of the power and just, you know, she, she wants to shorten points. She's always going for everything. There's. Yeah, she's added some little subtleties to her game, which has been important, you know, to see uh, Arena slice a few times and throw in a drop shot. That was never part of her repertoire. She realises she's got to have a little bit of variety and a plan B. Um, but it's intimidating, yeah. But Coco Goff, you know, she's, she's had a great tournament. Yes, the three-hour match yesterday, but sometimes that match is the making of you. You're never, never going to play seven perfect matches in a fortnight. And Coco's a great athlete now. She's got belief. She's a champion at Grand Slam level. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Arena, uh, you know, those last three semifinals last year at the Slams, after winning the Australian Open, she tightened up. You know, she had leads. She gave them up. She uh, didn't execute. So that'll be right out in the back of her mind. Are there any Aussies left in any of the doubles, BP? Yeah, I just interviewed Matty Ebden today uh, and Rohan Bapana. What a story. He's about to turn 44, Bopana. He's going to be the world number one doubles player by the end of this tournament. Wow. So that is an incredible story. Him and Matty, you know, came together at the start of last year. They were without partners. Okay, let's bring all our experience together. Mm. Took a few weeks to get the synergy right and then went on a tear last year. I mean, finished up as, uh, you know, Rohan world number three, Matt their world number four in doubles. They're through to the semis today. Uh, they'll play that on Rod Laver Arena tomorrow. So, you know, 79 years of experience out on the tennis court accounts uh, counts for a fair bit. And, they're, you know, they're, they're a good combination. So I asked Rowan today, any uh, any thoughts about, you know, hanging up the racket? And he said, well, <laughs> I'm climbing to number one. I feel fit. I always had a good massage after every match. And I'm I'm uh, feeling like I could play for another 10 years. And I said, well, why not, mate? Uh, just to boost the superannuation. So he, he's in good nick. And BP, just off, off course a little bit... Uh... Uh, is everyone, when I say everyone, I mean the players mainly, obviously, and, and obviously fans, uh, and sort of a little bit of input from the outside. Are they all au fair about playing at this time of the year, considering the gap between now and the French Open? Or do you think if they had a survey, for example, with the players and the fans and everyone, that they might turn around and say, well, why don't we consider pu- pushing it a little bit further back, maybe February, maybe a March? Or do you think this is the perfect time? 
Well, I think generally if you asked all the players, they prefer probably to ease into the season because they don't get a big off-season break. I mean, yeah. next to nothing, really. The girls get a little bit longer, but the guys you know, get about a month, uh, five weeks to maybe put the racket down for two, but then they're back into some sort of pre-season yeah, to, yeah. mode. And they probably prefer to um, yeah, ease in. And now there's, there's the talk of... You know, Saudi Arabia boys are coming in and maybe having a Masters 1000, the next tier down from the slams. Mm. Don't underestimate that. Some are leading into the Australian Open. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, well, that's it'll, what it'll I've heard. Happen. I mean, after they went after golf, I heard the next thing is tennis. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll happen at Masters 1000, but January leading into a Grand Slam, not ideal for the players. They don't want to be playing a massive tournament, then a slam in yeah. the first month of the so season. When's so the French the calendar, BP? Yeah, May. May. Yeah, late yeah. May. So, that's huge. Yeah, guy. that's what I mean. So that's what I think. Well, maybe, maybe you know, I don't know how we'd go having it. I don't know, March. Well, it, it works well for us here, clearly, with school holidays and maximising attendances and people on holidays yeah. from work. So it just it's perfect for us. Mm. Yeah, but... Yeah, look, the players adapt. They just get on with it. And, uh, you know, they love coming to Australia to start the year. Yeah. They think it's... No, 100%. You know, we're, the, we're the happy 100%. slam and yeah. it gets the year off to a good start. But, yeah, ideally, probably March would be better. Yeah. Uh, just live update here, Bozza. Yeah. Uh, Medvedev has broken in the last set. Uh, so Whoa. he's taken the lead. He's slaring up a bit for so the crowd he, as well, which is good to see. Who are you going for now? Uh, Medvedev. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> well, well, I'm, in the whole tournament, I'm a Djokovic guy. I like Djokovic. Yeah, yeah me too. I don't get the tall poppy a, thing. I no, like Djokovic. 100%. Me too. But we're talking about this. Yeah. All right. So you're going to go for Medvedev. I'll go for the pole. Well, yeah? I mean, as tennis as a whole, you're probably, you're more of a Sabalenka fan. I'm more of a Djokovic fan. Let's no, just leave it at that. Well, I'm a Djokovic fan. I am. Yeah, yeah, but not as much as you support Sabalenka. Oh, yeah. He's loving this. He's loving this. He must have got in trouble or something like that because, all right, fair enough. I'll accept it for you, my friend. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see the boss, I'll take that from. All, right. all right, thanks for joining us, BP. We'll let you get back to the match at hand. Pleasure. Thank Cheers, you, BP. There he is, yeah. BP. What do you guys think about that question I asked about possibly having Which one? I've never thought about that. I didn't well, realise that wasn't until May. Time. No, it's such a long time. It's ages. It's longer than their off-season. Before, before, when you guys maybe weren't even born, it used to be around December time. A Kuyong. Yeah. Then they changed, because no one, no one used to come. What was that? Right, was that yeah? 60s? No. No. Uh, 70s, 80s. 70s, 80s, yeah. He's a loving this. I, mean, I, better get, I better prepare myself mentally for this market over the next 10 years, yeah? yeah. But, like, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it seems... But, you know, I'm just thinking, uh, here with BP says holidays and that too, that's a big thing. Yeah. I've got to say, so, I mean, we went there last year, Max Rushton, uh, Craig Foster, and all the crew from Stan. Well, the old three stooges. No, no, and the whole, the whole crew from Stan and some people from UEFA as well. The, the, yeah, so, um, and it was fantastic. It's, mm. it's like, I can only describe it for people in Sydney who haven't been there, so, who have been to the Easter show. It was kind of like Easter show. That's what it felt like, but Easter show of tennis. So, cool. so, so well show run. Bags. Well, kind of, well, people were going around with bags, but so well run. <laughs> It was. It really was. Yeah, I used to love my shows down there. <laughs> no, but there was a lovely restaurant. So well mm. organised. There, there wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. You know, you, you know, you think sometimes there might be too many people. It was just. It was brilliantly run. Brilliant. It's a very bohemian Melbourne. Like, no, in terms no, of... no. It was. It was a world class event. That's what it was. A world class event with world class venues in terms of food and everything. And I could just imagine what it's like during the two weeks. You know, because you got courts here, courts there. You can go like you're looking down and they're like. Have you Absolutely done fantastic. Formula One in Melbourne? No, I haven't Me done neither. that. Me yeah, neither. Yeah, that's, that's right. bucket well, let's list. Go, mate. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, if the, do we do coverage here? Put us on. Boswell. <laughs> <laughs> how, do you do, how would you do doing coverage? I guess it is. must be somewhere on the radio somewhere. 
Well, oh, FCN yeah, does backflips. Let's say, yeah, say you're a driver. Cars. Oh, Brooksy's just taking that corner. Oh, right. Oh, that's right. And Riveting. there goes Bozza <laughs> down the straight. Oh, no, actually. Bozza's uh, on the straight. No, on the... Yeah, it's, there uh, he goes. Oh, riveting. oh, he's waving. Yeah, riveting. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like that. I'd, I'd go, all right, tell me after the first two laps and then get back to me in the last two laps. Yeah, I'd be the same. I'd be the same. <laughs> My attention ever... span is not... Did you ever get um, <laughs> an invitation to the celebrity to... driving races? No, no, no. Uh, races? I went to... I got one when I was young. Oh, did you? Yeah, when I, I was young. Invi- I got invited to Monaco once because I was Didn't good friends with David Coltart and his agent. Oh, all yeah. right. Remember him, the, the driver? But um, I, 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 no disrespect or... Uh, motorsport uh, people, but I just didn't really fancy it. I, I, I you know, It was only because I didn't have time. It was in the holidays, like June. So I, yeah. I passed the tickets on. Yeah. I've, got know. This, I've got the same manager as Dan Ricardo. Oh. So they used to ask me every year, come down to the pits, see that. And I just was never into car racing. Yeah. And I was like, nothing, ah. no, it wasn't, I, I, you know, because like you said about the tennis players, that was the same with us footballers, especially mm. if you've got international. Sometimes you've got four Too weeks, busy. three weeks. Yeah. And you want to have two weeks of doing nothing. So you've got to be very picky and choosy because the next two yeah. weeks you've got to do something that you're close to just to start because you don't want to come back and be breathing through your backside, that you're doing something. Yeah? The other thing is when you're, when you're an athlete and you're in the midst of your career, that is the be-all and end-all. It's, it's not like having a normal job, is it, Bob? No. It's... Everything, it's but that's why I'm saying you don't think back about taking said, time off to go no, to different events. You focus you just, in on it, but that's why yeah. I, that's why I'm saying to coming back to the football things. Mm. You know, I, I, at the Barca Academy this morning again with my kid. That's Barcelona's academy, right? Where do they run at, that out of? Today it was uh, this time they've run it out of Wentworth Park. They've run it out of this time last year it was Daceyville, University of New South Wales, and today it was Strathfield, the Strathfield um, Catholic uh, University. Oh, phenomenal, yeah. ph- phenomenal uh, facilities. But I'm looking at all them young kids, so happy, and, and you know the young girls and boys, like Australian young girls and boys. And like I said, my kids are coming through that. Other kids, people's kids, that are coming through that. Um, and you're right. There's I don't think there's no better thing to be able to play sport in life. How does that work? So Barcelona puts money into these academies in yeah, other Barcelona, countries. Yeah, Barcelona. Barcelona. Well, they had. They had about, I would say, 10 of their coaches from Barcelona. Some had actually worked for the club as well. Some are part-time. Some, but, so they come out and they basically put on camps. As simple Do you as pay that. for that? Uh, yeah. Everyone, everyone that goes and pays. Oh, I would say relatively, but it, you, it's, it's about the quality. You get what it's you good. pay for. Oh, yeah. Very good. Because they've got quite good. good sports science facilities yeah. over there at ACU. I've yeah, been yeah, there before. Yeah, they're the very, university. very good, buddy. Very, very good. Very, very good. And, the, I mean, other, I take him to Ellie, which is at Daceyville as well. Ellie Academy, and these are not plugs. So anyone is thinking that they're not. I'm just another very good academy, very very good. And like I said, these are the ones who are producing the players, uh, and that's at Daceyville as well. But that's just during the season. So, um, and it's and like I said, these these young young boys and girls are coming from all over the country, all over the country. Like there's people come from Canberra, uh, there's people come from you know from the, you know from Brisbane, there's people come from Adelaide and all that to experience this. So. Um, and it, yes, it's, it's been quality. Like I said, and coming back to my original point about finally getting soccer to a point, football, whatever you want to call it, in this country where, where people, parents and, and people can just feel safe in the knowledge that, all right, whatever it may be, it may be, but it's just that it's done proper. Mm. Simple as that. Yeah. Hey, we're going to cross over to the SEG.
Live. We've got oh, Matty White. We've got heels. Matty White. <laughs> <laughs> Matty White's going to be doing the call tonight of, <laughs> of the Sixers and the Heat. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that, Matty. <laughs> How's that for an intro? Oh, <laughs> hey, guess right, what, Matty. folks? we got heels. Yeah, we've got one of the greatest wicket keepers Australia's ever had. Oh, yeah. Oh, actually, we got Matty. No, <laughs> Don't be Never silly, played. Matty. We got, you can say we've got one of our greatest sporting commentators that we have. Yeah, how's that? Yeah? Yeah? How's that? Man, you gotta, you gotta, well, you got to learn how to take a compliment like watch give me a compliment watch, watch give me a compliment i'll show you go you're a fine fine handsome looking man uh, thank you very much when you get really bad As i uh, try to tell this to the missile the other day too but yeah. he, he comes out yeah hey, hey go, what's going on Matty, man? how's the crowd it's looking a bit, it's a bit cloudy out the window here in north sydney are we any danger of weather tonight do you know what? I as I was driving in, I've only just arrived. But as I was driving in, there are a few spits of rain on the window. Actually, oh, oh. as I went past my my cricket team down there at Manly, having a quick training session before most of the girls come out here tonight. So, just a couple of spits. But I don't think we're going to be bothered. It's just one of those sort of summery nights wow. where there's a few clouds rolling in. But yep. I reckon we'll get through this one. If not, by the way, if for some weird reason it all gets turned on its head tonight, we'll be back here tomorrow at 11 a.m. Because they'll oh. have to play this one on a reserve day, but the reserve day falls on the start of the test, oh. so they would play it first thing in the morning or starting at 11 a.m. Well, so oh, then they could it's over in three fit hours. it in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mind it. That's what I love about yeah, but it's, a, it's adaptable. It's their BBL final on a weekday in the middle of the day. It'd be a catastrophe for viewing. Oh, okay, fair enough. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why you're smarter than me, yeah? I, mean, uh, I just thought you had to do it. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, then put it back to this Saturday or something. I don't know. <laughs> when does the test start again, Matty? <laughs> test starts tomorrow. tomorrow. But oh, it's a well, day-nighter. Okay, well, I'll be over by the weekend anyway. So have the Correct. 2020 on Saturday. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair hey, enough. Hey, uh, conditions out there, Matty. Uh, what's the pitch looking like? Have you... I mean, got the binoculars out, I guess, from where you guys are up in the box. I'm, mate, I'm actually getting them out as we speak. I'll tell you this, though. There's a really good crowd. There's a concert going on at the Horden as well. So oh, there's beautiful. people everywhere mm. and a whole sea of magenta. So I reckon we're going to have a really good crowd here tonight. I don't know how packed it's going to be, but it'll be a good one. And it's Stephen O'Keefe. It's Socky Boy's last ever match. So yeah. hopefully there's a, there's a I big mean, crowd to And say the goodbye. Sixers versus Thunder a couple of weeks ago was sold out. I remember that, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, they've had, hey, Boz, they've had actually pretty good crowds throughout the summer at BBL. Record they, they crowds, record crowds, Matty. Yeah, 100%, mate. Yeah. They shortened the competition. They listened to everybody what was uh, who was saying to them, it goes too long, there's too many games, and it's, you know, proof's in the pudding. So uh, just parking the peepers out to the middle of the ground here, and the pitch looks rock solid. It's going to be hard to play with that rope that they've put around it, so I hope they get rid of that chain in between <laughs> now and... <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that, it all looks pretty good. But an amazing matchup tonight. I mean, you think about it, guys. After, what, 40 matches in BBL 13, we come down to one versus two, and number two gets the, gets the magic carpet right into the final because yeah. the Sydney Sixers got the job done early in that final series, and the Brisbane Heat had to go the long way around. So mm. for me, a lot of this tonight will rest on momentum. Okay. The Sixers have had good momentum coming into it off the back of Moses Enriquez in particular. And the Heat picked up their momentum in that challenger when Josh Brown went ballistic with 140. So depending on who can carry that the most into this one, Bozzy, you know so well about momentum. So do you, Huge. Missile. Who can yep. take that momentum into this might well determine it. And he's, another right. one, he's another one for his both when he's commentating as well. <laughs> 
Momentum. No, no, no. I know he's going to say goodbye. I don't want to tell him this. No, this is a... This is a no, Ten well, seconds. All right. all right, there's momentum, yes, but there's people who can break that momentum. Okay. The, there he was, the, the Northern Peaches. Great keep, wicket keeper, Matty White. Enjoy the call, Matty. <laughs> Matty. See you, fellas.